Hey geeks, Sam here. Thanks for listening to our audio only content. To enjoy the original videos, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and Facebook group, both under Grown A Geeks. Thanks again. Oh, got my notification. Is that your notification? Yep. Just thought I turned my sound down. Apparently not. What is going on? Welcome to another episode of Way In Wednesdays. We are Grown A Geeks. I'm your host, Sam. Joining me today, per usual, we got South Down Leatherworks, David in the house. What's going on, Dave? Just another day in the world, brother. Another day in the world. Also joining me, one of your favorites, my <laughs> my co-hosts. I promise you, man, people come over here to listen. Was there, was there a poll? <laughs> no, you know what? You're one of my favorites. Let me put it that way. I love having you on the show. I think it's just more interesting conversation when you're here. Um, Jeffrey is here. What's up? What is going on, man? It's working, working, more working. So real quick, because I want to, because I want to ask, and I don't know, like what you can reveal yet, but when is the date we can expect? I know you're you're working on some things. Actually, let me let me look right now, because James, the the guy who owns the indie label that it's going on, posted something today in his story so i just want to try to be somewhat accurate oh no there's no date on it but if you follow james third comedy that's j-a-m-e-s three r-d comedy he's the guy who owns the uh label He'll, he'll post like snippets of some artwork every now and then in his stories from like the different artists working on different books. So, you know, if you follow him, check his stories, stay plugged in with him. And then, you know, that's where, where all the announcements will come from first. And then I'll just, I'll, or I'll repost them to my page as well. But, okay. Okay. That'll work. And, uh, but if you follow him, you get to see like the whole slate of comics that he's working on and how you can support and all that stuff like that too as it gets closer to that. Okay, cool. Let's see, I cannot find this one. I'm looking for the areas. So I will get more details and you, if nothing else, just repost it so I can find it, link it, and then I will post it and we will share it in our group. Uh, and you can find our group by clicking that QR code over there by Dave. And that will take you to our Facebook group. And actually it'll take you to the link tree where you'll get to see everything. You can find our YouTube, our Instagram, our, our uh, Facebook 
all the cool stuff. So you can be a part of these conversations and, you know, know when we go live to, to be here with us. So if you want to hop on Twitch or hop on YouTube and be a part of the conversation, we welcome it. We look forward to it. Um, I typically have, let me go ahead and just throw the link in the chat. So if anybody wants to hop in here, if anybody's got anything to say, Boom, there it is. So this has been a, I don't know, it felt weird. Like this feels like it's been a slow geek week. We've, we've yeah, man, football is back on, you know. Back on, I feel like the geek like space, the space is just space like is just fantasy like football now. I think we got that buzzing again. There was a little bit of a buzz earlier. But yeah, fantasy football is probably in full effect right now. You know, I'm, I know we were watching, uh, I was at my parents' house this weekend, and there was the, the Cowboys game in one room for my brother-in-law. My dad was in another room watching the Falcons. And it was funny because he made an announcement, you know, it looks like the Falcons were going to win. And everybody's like, wait, how much time is left? What quarter is it? Because <laughs> they had a substantial lead. And if I'm not mistaken, still lost that game. So, huh. hard got that, got that juju on. Yeah, hard, hard to be a Falcons fan. But true fans, they didn't seem to be too worried about it. They're going to stick with it regardless. And uh, so we got everybody up everywhere right there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it really didn't seem like there was a whole, whole lot happening. And... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get his mic figured out in the meantime. That's the beauty of live shows. We'll get to like I don't know what, practice and stuff. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. It's got a it's got a loop back or something happening. But um, I did get my normal viewing in. I got my 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 normal um, my weekly watch list knocked out. Uh, we've got no no Harley Quinn at the moment because we had a season finale for that already. Well, uh, don't don't tell me because I just started season three. Oh man, such a such a good one. Um, just in general, the show is the show is really really good. Um, and I've I've been enjoying it. I've enjoyed all three seasons. It is a fantastic show. And everyone should should watch that. I think that should be just required viewing, especially for anybody that's like claiming to be, you know, like, oh, the Batman fans. I think it's such a beautiful take on Gotham for a change. It's very refreshing oh, yeah. to see things in a, from a different perspective. And it's not just like from the villain side, but just a, a much more humorous and adult perspective, because you can really see them call out things that as an adult geek, watching anything batman related i love the way they make it a point to like call those things out yeah and it's it's beautiful bane has actually been one of my favorite characters surprisingly enough he's 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 hilarious um, i love what they do with riddler you know i like that other people are actually getting shine and batman's almost a a, a side character in this you know it's not his show it's harley quinn's show though and the episode i just watched I can't remember if it was actually the first episode of three or the last episode of season two. The bus and the mice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of interesting interesting takes. Um, I will say the beginning of season three, you know, they they have uh, Wonder Woman's jet mm-hmm. and just just everything that happens. You know, I I won't I won't ruin it for you, but you know, I like the dynamic between Ivy and Harley, and just seeing the actual character growth of yeah. all the different characters on the yeah. show, like seeing real growth. It's um, like the last season was like uh, the rom-com and then the rom-com always ends with them like kissing and then everybody's always like, all right, but then like what happens after that? And I think this season is a really good story of like, okay, so what happens after the like whirlwind romance and it's time to like settle down and support each other and move in together and like, take on the decide which um sorry about that guys no he's talking about the mice oh the mice i thought you said the mic yeah no but it's i I really like the show because it's like it's clear that they thought about the characters you know what i mean and they think they really are thinking about like why these characters would do the things that they do which makes sense because harley quinn is a clinical psychiatrist and so a show about her, even as wacky and as crazy as it is, is really just centered around like everybody's insecurities being on full display. Yeah. You know, which is, I mean, in a way, very much like Batman as well. You know, that's the way like Batman thinks he sees the world where it's just like you're all little men hiding behind your masks. But then it's just like, so are you, dude. And <laughs> Harley's. I think Harley Quinn really does a good job of like not putting herself above the other characters. So it does feel kind of like an everyman story in the Gotham universe because everybody else we're used to dealing with is either super corrupt or like like a harbinger of justice. And it's like, damn, like what about the dude? Can I just like have a regular job in Gotham? Apparently not, because you either caught up in like the Wayne, some Wayne underhanded twisted plot behind money disappearing in Gotham, or you're just a full blown like Joker alkalite or something. And I think like Harley's like whole dilemma all season as well has just kind of been like, all right, like, yeah, what do you do when you like start settling down in life in general and you look around and you're not just like, yeah. I just want to be this like agent of chaos for no good reason. So like you look around and you're like, oh, I built a family. I built friendship. I fall in love. I actually have things that I want to protect. And so I understand that and can see that in others more now. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think the just watching, like you said, with everybody's trauma full on display, I think it was also key to let each character have their moment and see what they have to deal with. Because being a henchman in Gotham for the longest time, it just seemed like one of those things, clearly it's it's a career path. But exactly. when, we see, when we see Harley starts off as like, she's truly only recognized as joker's girlfriend and then she goes on from being joker's girlfriend to she wants to run a crew now we have a female uh gang leader you know a a female with a crew and watching people 
who just need better PR. And so he's like, you know what? Let me go and work. Because like Dr. Psycho, his whole thing initially is he seems very chauvinistic. And so he needs to be on a crew that's run by women to show that not, you know, that he's not this chauvinist. And of course, he's actually a doctor as well. And so it's just watching all these characters interact with one another. There's a lot of intelligent humor added in to the fart jokes and you get to laugh at everything and it makes for surprisingly great writing and um it's very 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 happy to see that that show and i really like how they ended it and of course the opportunity to set up for another season i would just love to get confirmation that you know the next season has been confirmed so i'll keep my eyes out waiting to see if they they do confirm that um, I think can I can I talk can about I, this for a little bit too? Because I just want to say like I feel like a lot of times obviously like in a lot of geek spaces in general, like complaining is a thing that happens. That obviously like obviously it happens. Right. But I think we, we do focus a lot on like prequels and people doing things with like IP and long-standing IP and franchises that just like don't work. And we talk a lot about it. But I do think that like this show has taken, this is still the Batman IP. You know what I mean? And it's taken it's taken it and just just by saying we're going to Same. talk about talk these about characters these from characters the perspective from of somebody, somebody who, is, who does not have does like, not have like a, a biometric code to the Matt You completely have a, uh, a uh, I don't know. I just—I <laughs> don't know what's going on. Man. I feel like you know what? I think Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is watching this. They know I'm. I was trying to give them a comment. We're talking about Harley Quinn, and they like, wait a minute, wait. Is this better? Is this better? Yes or no? No, not really. No, not really. No. Okay. It's it's almost like it's doing a. Let's see. So DJ, you you do the music and whatnot. So it's on this. I'm about to close out. I'm about to close out. All right. We'll 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 have you back in in just a moment. Um, that's weird. I like. I need I need to figure out what headphones he was using last week and tell me use those. Um. Um. Trying to sell off WB. Ah. Are they trying to sell out WB? Well, you know what? I think they're definitely trying to reduce. And I think they are trying to focus more on quality over quantity because quantity was not working for them. Um, as they were attempting to go in and do, um, oh, let's have this whole DCEU. Um, <laughs> that's what I call it. Since they were trying to have this whole big setup and have all of this stuff going on, it, it was not really proving effective for them. And I think it wasn't proving effective simply because they didn't they didn't plan it. They didn't they didn't prepare for it. They just kind of jumped in both feet and they were like, oh, we're a movie studio. We have big names. Let's do this. And as we've talked about on many occasions, you know, they tried to get to they tried to get to Avengers in three. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to get from Man of Steel, um Batman v Superman to Justice League. You know what I'm saying? Like we needed 
that individual Wonder Woman movie beforehand. We needed that individual Flash movie beforehand. We needed that individual Aquaman movie beforehand, just to have those characters set and established so that when they pop up in Justice League, we don't have to waste screen time building these characters. We can go right into the plot and that would have given us an opportunity. If we didn't have to spend time trying to flesh out Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman in this movie, that hour and a half between those three characters could have been dedicated more towards Apocalypse. It could have been dedicated more towards Doomsday. It could have been dedicated, not Doomsday, uh, Dark Side. It could have been dedicated more towards building the threat to make it an actual threat and not just a couple random aliens pop up and we got to fight these things. And then we're out in the middle of nowhere having a cataclysmic world ending event take place that looked like it happened 20 minutes ago, you know? And when you're watching the movie, <clears throat> you don't have this, your concept of time is skewed. And I think they really made a, a, a rush of getting us from A to Z. And that's everybody's biggest complaint and rightfully so. Um, so I think Warner Brothers is making a better choice in slimming down their content, trimming the fat, if you will, and focusing in on what is working. Um, I think what they, you know, truthfully, and this is just an opinion, I think what they should do is, you know, they've got Ben Affleck um, is definitely featured in the latest Flash movie. And we already know that we've got Michael Keaton. He's in the Flash movie. I think a great idea would be to see if you can get Christian Bale to suit back up. See if you can get uh, George Clooney to suit back up. Let Kevin Conroy do a cameo and make the Flash movie a Spider-Verse, Multiverse of Madness-esque kind of film. Let Batman, since that's the cash cow, I mean, I can't, you know, that poor little cow just been milked to death. It's nothing but skin and bones. But since that's the cash cow and that's what you want to keep leaning on, because we have Pityworth the origin of Batman's butler. If you don't put Batman in the title, nobody's going to watch the show. You know what I'm saying? So, but if you say, oh, it's, the, it's Batman's butler. Oh, oh Batman. Oh, yeah. People are going to rush and, you know, that that's what the execs think, that they're just going to rush and that somehow the show's going to do better as a result of it being Batman's butler. I kind of feel like if you don't know who Alfred Pennyworth is, you're not going to watch a show called Pennyworth. But if you say Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler, now you know who it is, and suddenly it's a uh, when it happens, when it happens. You know what I'm saying? It's it's kind of. I thought there was another merger that they were looking at possibly within the next next like two three years that. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery was going to be picking. I thought it was going to be going the other way. I thought Warner Brothers Discovery was going to be picking up Universal. 
I thought that's how that went out. I have to do more research on that because that's that's scary. Because Universal Pictures, they tried to launch their own universe with the mummy, and we see how that went. <laughs> um, so what's that? We got Discovery of Selling Warner Brothers all to Universal. <laughs> so Discovery came in, and it's crazy because if Warner Brothers was, they were the heavyweight. Discovery came in, merged, and now Discovery is taking over, and they're going to sell off Warner Brothers. Nah, we're we're missing something. If they sell off DC, I could see, but we'll get some we'll get some more insight here. But we got him back. Do I sound crazy? Oh, there you go. You All sound right. right now. Okay, you, you sound normal. So you, you uninstalled that that software that you? <laughs> yeah, had to get rid of that folder. Not a problem. Not a problem. I keep mine on a separate hard drive, so I can just shut it down. And unplug. That's the new. That's the new box under the bed. Right. My grandpa. That, what's this? Oh, you know what's funny? Like in all my renovating I've been doing here in the house. How do you dispose of a box? Like I don't know. Something. I've never had one. <laughs> I'm just not. I never was like into it. So luckily, I never had a box. And then by the time I was like old enough to like for it to be normalized, it was all online. So yeah, luckily yeah. I missed the shameful era of having to have like hard copies. I mean, VHS and DVDs was a thing for a minute, boy. I tell you, it was it was, it was wild times, wild times. But um, I want you to get back in on this here in a moment, but I want you to finish your original point. So we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, them trying oh, to- Oh, the Harley Quinn point I was making? Yeah. No, I was just saying, like, I feel like a lot of times we do highlight, like, when people miss the mark, especially when dealing with, like, IP that seems like basically it writes itself. You know, we- crucified justice league you know we get mad at so much stuff star wars is the third trilogy the second trilogy basically anything that doesn't have harrison ford in it for a certain demographic of people but i do think like pointing out shows like harley quinn and why they are successful it's because you're looking at this and you're saying like all right yeah everybody knows batman well enough to where now, if we look at it through the eyes of someone else, these are still characters you recognize, but you're thinking about them. You're thinking about them in a new way, or you're not shining a light on them, but you're cha- you're changing the direction that the light is coming from and is casting a different shadow now. Yes. And so, the, when I think about the things that are successful in terms of like branching off or continuations of like larger IP, it's like. Harley Quinn, I would say Peacemaker was largely successful at doing that, breaking away from um, Suicide Squad. I mean, every every Avenger character who's gotten their own show, you can say whatever you want to say about them. And a lot of people have a lot to say about them. But the reality is, it's like those are threads that's holding the like MCU together as well as like all these big budget things. You know, I think even like looking at something like we say all video game movies. So the two Sonic the Hedgehog movies have been very good. And now that's got me looking at Mario brothers. Like 
Maybe it ain't video game movies. Maybe it's y'all. The Maybe expectations it's are definitely up as a result. Yeah, it's it's kind of I guess it's a continuation of what I was saying like last week about Little Mermaid. It's that I just want I want to I want to definitely I don't mind critiquing, but I definitely think that like we don't spend enough time as a society bigging up the things that work and talking about like why we think they work. It's like everybody loves to pile on to like when something doesn't work. Like remember we tried to do that Justice League call and the sound got all messed up. That was the most people. That was the most grown a geek admins yeah. we ever had on the call because everybody was excited to tear that movie apart. Yeah, but when it's something good, it's just like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that was good. It's like no, like need to be able to celebrate because because they well. don't they don't understand that like what you what you don't understand what people don't understand is like. Your conversation is feeding the algorithm, and the algorithm is feeding these companies what they're going to do next. So they're not looking at, unless it's something where it's like, oh, something racist happened, and it's going to end up with people like boycotting us. What they're looking for is engagement. They don't care if it's people talking shit about the show or people loving it. The people who, who write the checks just want that engagement. And so if you just only talk about stuff you hate, everybody's just engaging with the stuff that like sucks. And then you just get more crappy stuff because the algorithm is like, yeah, people, people, people respond to this. It's like, yeah, but not positively. <laughs> but there's not enough positive making money. Exactly. But it's like there's not enough positive reinforcement either. So That, that was just my whole spiel about I just wanted to give Harley Quinn I just wanted to give Harley Quinn um, the people who make that show I wanted to give them their props on doing what I mean we as geeks like to say is an easy job we all could do it but apparently it's not easy because if it was easy the audience people wouldn't be like struggling to do it so when people so say, many it's so like when you when you stick when, when they stick the landing you got to put up the 10 don't be the Russian judge all the time yeah, <laughs> 9.6. Like, if it's a 10, let it be a 10. Her pinky toe was not in the right space. <laughs> 9.8. We have to deduct. We have to deduct for that. And honestly, I just... I in like all country, pinky toe would be cut off for a mistake right. like that. Right. I mean, the, the, the superhero deconstruction that takes place in the Harley Quinn show it's fantastic because they call the heroes out on their bullshit. Mm-hmm. They are the little voice that's inside everyone's head where we think, how does that even work? <laughs> you know, like make it make sense. And they're right there to be like, this doesn't make sense. We're just supposed to believe that. Yeah. And they say those, they say those things. and they, Those are lines written into the script. And they fit and they make sense and it's it's appropriate. And so it's a show that's almost it's the most realistic fantasy, if you if that's even a concept. It answers the question, why would you try to fight Batman? Exactly. Because if you see the if you see Batman the way they see Batman on this show, it's like, yeah, I'm beating his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know what? I'll betray him. I feel like I could try him. 
And even when they introduce the other characters, like, you know what I'm saying, what they've done with, with Batgirl, what they've done with uh, Nightwing, what they've done with Damien, much more accurate. The disconnected feeling of Damien, who's like always in his phone. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> that's that's yeah. spot on. He's basically teenage group. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they just, they got it. It's such a great show. Kudos to them. I've enjoyed it. Dave, let me know when you finish it so we can we can get maybe we'll oh, just yeah. do a, a special episode of deep dive Harley Quinn and we'll break down some episodes because it's and it's a fantastic one of, show. One of my favorite things about Harley Quinn, not just the show itself, but Harley Quinn the character, is you know she was originally like tossed in as a side character, like she wasn't supposed to be where she's at now. Harley Quinn is the product of '90s horn dogs. Yeah, like yeah. Wait, but I love that she's actually evolved yes. so much. Yes. And it's like, yeah, shout out to the writers who went back and was just like, all right, let's flesh this character out because mm-hmm. she appears like she's going to be something. So she needs to be something. You know what I mean? But yeah, like it was just like, dudes was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't mind that jester flipping into my room <laughs> and tying me up. It's like, oof. No, I think one of the, I think the most, the most memorable gag was, um, it was from Batman the Animated Series. Everybody remembers. Uh, She's asking, uh, was it actually on the show or in a comic issue? But it's it's Harley asking if Joker, if Puddin' wants to come rev up the Harley, and. Just the way it looked right there, it was very clear. She's got on like a little, a little Harlequin nighty on top of that. Like, we know where this is going. And it's like, you just have those moments where you don't think about it. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, obviously Joker had to be hitting that. Like, no question. Obviously. And not only do they point that out, talk about that. It's even something that comes up more than once especially after the new relationship and you become you like really take a moment to realize like these are real people and just watching the dynamic between bruce and selena on the show is hilarious thank you finally (laughs) because it's like bruh you're bruce wayne you don't think that like like clearly selena is not your type interested and yet you were just like pining so hard so hard and then of course you you kind of look at a bit later and we see that um Nora freeze when she finally comes out of the cryo cryo sleep that's yeah. a wild ride right there that's hilarious and she beats swamp thing and she she finds out about the power of the green we'll just say that and i mean it's <laughs> everything about the show it's so well written and you know like I said, the, the superhero deconstruction that takes place for not only the good guys, but the bad guys as well, because you can you can be super villains are also superheroes. They're just not good guys. You know what I'm saying? They're still super powered individuals in many cases. So it works. It works both ways. Um, real quick, uh, Jeff, get you in. And Dave, if you got anything on this or your thoughts on this as well, um, Universal. Selling WB or uh, Discovery selling WB to Universal. 
Um, apparently the new guy that's come in, and I know like a lot of the shows that they scrapped is everything I've read said that the reason the Batgirl movie got scrapped was, you know, rather than put it out and have to put those losses in the books, just being able to write it off under the restructure allows them literally just to write off that, that amount, which uh, I can't wait to have a big major corporation where I can write off, you know, 80 million and it'd be a write off and somehow it all is forgiven, but. Right. Well, you know, though, I, I have things to say about that, but I'm not getting political. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's a whole other. It's all it's all big money, and it's you know, it is out of my realm of understanding. Once you get past a certain dollar amount, I I am no longer part of that conversation. So, I mean, I think it's like the reality is. It, I think it goes even back to what I was saying about the algorithm, right? Like companies are not trying to take risks companies are looking for something where you're going to get a sure return on it and unfortunately like that's capitalism which is fine you know i i get it but also like i feel like it's one of those things where you have to you got to break a few when it comes to art you got to break a few eggs to get the omelet right. and it's like they want to just go in the kitchen they want the hand to just shit the omelet out right. already cooked you know what i mean and that ain't how omelets work you know you need the egg which is the money that's the big big thing you need to make it an omelet otherwise you just got like <laughs> stir fry Ingr right ingredients <laughs> so I get that, but at the same time, it's just like if every that's why you see all these companies acquiring companies and IP moving from one space to another because somebody at Universal is saying, like, hell fucking yeah, we can fucking buy WB. We'll make way better Batman movies. We'll make Fast and the Furious type Batman movies over here at Universal and make a billion dollars. Yeah. Please, thank you. If Discovery don't want that, that's a steal for Universal in their eye. There's somebody at Universal who's saying that. Like we ain't gotta make nothing up. We ain't gotta we ain't gotta pay a creator every time we want to make a sequel off of it because this some of this shit is public domain now. Like, like we know we can do it. We got them. We got them. We have a movie franchise with five thousand Batman's in it. We have Batmobiles in it. And like four or five bit different Batmans in it. We have who what 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 are the let me look up the universal franchises real quick. Because this is this is the mindset that they went into it with. Universal makes trolls, universal, I think, yeah, I think makes minions. So WB, you know they're gonna be making some little kitty Batman and kids movies Super and all that stuff. Yeah. The whatever the Lego versions of the stuff is for them. Yeah. I know some of the things at Universal. Um, like I said, Fast and Furious is definitely the first one that comes to mind. They make um, animated shows. Have you seen Camp Cretaceous? Have you seen the Fast and the Furious Spy Racers? They're gonna make all their kind all them kind of like preteen young boy bodies action figure type things now. They've been already doing it just with shit that kids don't care about. 
Like they mess with Camp Cretaceous maybe because it's dinosaurs. That show is actually kind of scary for kids. But also like, also then you got Jurassic Park. So it's like, okay, you can do all the dinosaur stuff. You can do all the Greek mythology stuff. Anything in the jungle, we got that. Because we know how to do Jurassic Park movies. We don't know how to write them. But guess what? We can. We got comic books. Back to the Future. You want to do some weird go- booster gold stuff? I got you. Fast and the Furious. We already talked about that. Anybody who drive a car or a spaceship, get ready. The Mummy. All them movies, if y'all want to be weird. We've already done a movie with them. We've done two Incredible Hulk movies already. Yeah. So go ahead and give us whoever your big people is. We did Megamind, so we can do animated stuff, again, from a different perspective. Like, Well, truthfully, they would, they would really rack up right there because... Mamma Mia, y'all want to do a musical? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, we're we're good for No, American Pie. There you go, Young Justice, right there. Teen Titans. Like, I, you know what? Just what having watched Young Justice, the animated series, and then watched Titans, there is definitely a space for those characters in some fashion. Because I don't care what nobody say. I've been down with Teen Titans Go from Jump. Like, everybody that was, like, hating on it, this show is funny. It's, it's funny. It's been funny for quite some time it, because the, the show people knows who, what it is. Those are the people who, who uh, they're the, you're the people who are getting made fun of by the show if you don't get this, that why the show is funny. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and they've and they like you're robbing more times than not, more times <laughs> than I can count. Like they've they they did one uh, the guy that one of the villains that does the uh, he's got the remote and he's like always has people in the TV the weird red hair mm-hmm. the little pointed he did a whole like one of his whole episodes was the fact that the original the Teen Titans, Titans yeah the original yeah. Teen Titans got canceled. And so he was making Teen Titans go fill in for the original Teen Titans on their show. They had a little crossover, and then they had a crossover with Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. And of course, mm-hmm. Robin was looking at other Robin. It was like, I could be just as cool as him. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like, bruh, they were doing a straight, they were doing satire and parody in the exact same episode and nailing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's one of them things where it's like I'm kind of like this a little bit with like music, right? Like I, I'm one of those people where it's like when I found out about like John Mayer, right? All the white girls at my college was like, oh, you should listen to Gavin DeGraw. You should listen to this. Should... And I'm just like, yeah, but I don't like this music. I like John Mayer. And I think there was a lot of Teen Titans Go fans because that was like tail end of Toonami, I think, yeah. where these people were it had more of an anime vibe and i love my anime brothers and sisters but we know that that community can become overwrought with critical expression at times yeah so i feel like if they feel like the show was theirs and then you come back with like some little kitty bullshit and it's making fun of the thing that they love i that's a natural response from that community when they feel slighted in that way I think that what they needed to do was kind of pick their head up and realize that there was a much, much larger community of people who were watching it as like a Batman and 
a Batman offshoot because we know like DC characters or we were watching it more as like a Justice League like follow up after those shows like went off Justice the air, League. not as this anime version of teen of, of a DC comic. So I think like there was like a small set there. And, and those are the people who have like the loudest voices because everybody else is being quiet because we enjoying what we're watching. Yeah, but like we have, that's why I'm saying like we gotta just talk more about stuff we like and drown them people out. Like them people lame, man. I'm tired of it. Stop ruining stuff. Just stop yeah. being lame, man. Like if you don't like it, just don't watch it. It's that simple. Yeah, but no, especially I mean, if no. you can't, especially if you can't offer like any that's sort so of like critical reason why it's dumb is not like a real re. Why is it dumb? Cause it's actually smarter than the original show. The original show is just telling the story. Like Teen Titans Go is like meta. Yeah, it is. I mean, and and maybe maybe that's one of the things I like about it because it, it almost falls into the same category as like a Harley Quinn would because of the deconstruction. They 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 poke fun. They make the jokes, but the writing in there is actually like hella clever. And if you pay attention, a lot of times they hit you with the one two punch constantly. And they know exactly what they're saying, exactly what they're doing. And I think the, the best part of it is having the same actors and actresses come on and do the voices. <laughs> That's just the icing on the cake for me because these are definitely very familiar characters. So there are a lot of, right. there's a lot of areas where DC gets it right. And Wherever Warner Brothers goes, wherever DC ends up, because it's no longer DC Comics, but wherever DC ends up, I do hope that they're they can rekindle the franchise. They have a lot of characters, and a lot of characters really could stand out more. You know, um, Keanu Reeves is talking about doing a, a, a sequel to Constantine, but there's like four or five Constantine animated movies. You know what I'm saying? He's in like four or five. Also, animated. it's been a dude that we already have seen play Constantine for like four years on Legends of Tomorrow. Not that like a ton of people watch that show, but there are already a large contingency of people who see that dude as Constantine. Yeah. And frankly, and he played him on the original show too. Frankly, better. Like, you yeah. know, people, people, you know, you people can look down their nose at Legends of Tomorrow, but that's a show that knew what it was. Absolutely ridiculous. And it got more and more ridiculous as each season went on. Oh, yeah. And if you just stop expecting it to be Arrow, you, might, even you Arrow, might enjoy yourself. Even Arrow did a better job when they delved a little bit into the ridiculous. They were trying so hard to make Green Arrow Batman. Right. They should have just kept him how he was. Season one, killing everybody. That's it. Yeah, make him just keep him a killer. Yeah, whoever does the voice for the for the Constantine and all the animated shows, great job. And because I know he was on Justice League Dark, he was in Apocalypse War. There's um, House of Mystery. That's a movie, a standalone movie. Um, there's I'd have to look up on my HBO Max, but there's like two or three of them on HBO Max. Go check those out. Um, and one of them is actually a direct follow-up. I think House of Mystery is a direct follow-up to 
Justice League Apocalypse War. And yeah, same guy from Legends, cool. And that I mean, there's there's other characters because when we talk about like, like I think someone like the question is one of those characters that could be brought like to the he should have he should have a show like where he's uncovering all the weird stuff. Like how we talked about remember when we did the um WandaVision like re- reviews and we were saying like we would watch a show with just like um what's his name? Randall Park and like uh yeah homegirl yeah. And them just like yeah, like I'll watch like a Marvel X Files show set in the Marvel universe with them like uncovering weird stuff. You know what I mean? It's like okay, show us something. Like we have seen the superhero, and I think the deep dark secret of comics is every character in comics is not a superhero, and I think that's something that like a lot of people haven't understood about this phase of Marvel that people who read comics actually do understand like people complaining about like she hulk there's not a whole bunch of fighting yeah like have you read a she hulk comic she's a lawyer like that's what Mm -hmm. that's what that's what she's about yeah she doesn't she doesn't go full-time avengers until way later like she can talk she can still talk when she's green yeah and not in some like lesser powered version of herself either you know what i mean so Let's let's just like look at stuff for like what it is. It's She Hulk. It's not Avengers Endgame. We gotta yeah. we gotta have levels but, of expectation. But Marvel, but Marvel. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like honestly, that is the one thing. You know, I think when uh, when people first started talking about uh, comic book movie burnout, you know, what I'm saying superhero burnout. I think that's what some people started to experience early on because they were. They had gotten so much. And don't get me wrong. If you really take a moment and you just look at everything that Marvel, and we're not even going to include everything else that's out there, but if you just take a look at what Marvel has done, there are, it's like 25 movies now that all take place in this certain time span. And within those 25 movies, we have uh like six or seven TV shows that are either directly connected or a spinoff of those events. And then as they continue to build upon and add more content in, it's just nonstop. Then if you factor in the items that aren't directly MCU related, but still in the same time frame, because when they first started all the Netflix Marvel shows, they those first couple of episodes of everything they were alluding to the battle of you know the uh, the, the brawl in Harlem was on a newspaper clipping in the back um you know what i'm saying like some of the people they tried to cross over and discuss and talk and some of the some of the jokes that were made you know it was like well unless you have a magic hammer or a big red metal suit i don't really care that you know what i'm saying and they're like making these hints and dropping indicating like they're aware of those things and those things took place and these are people in the same area or same towns because it's, it's always kind of funny to me because you think of like someone like spider-man who in an actual comic book 
has just as much right to be on a spaceship fighting someone out on a random space planet as he does beating up a mugger in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. And when you have a character like that who can go between both, there are all these different tiers of characters. And so, you know, like when they talk about the mutants, mutants have like Omega Eleven, Alpha Eleven, Beta Eleven, you know what I'm saying? And there's different levels. And so when you have certain threats, you have to call these people because they're the ones big enough and strong enough to fight those threats. Then you have these smaller threats over here. And I would absolutely watch a DC show because it, it kills me like you get all these you take a show like Arrow or The Flash and they're like, you know, it's my job to save the city. I don't give a damn about Atlanta to be out there fighting crime for Atlanta. <laughs> and to watch them like, I want to save Gotham. What? Why? Why? Gotham why? literally murdered your parents, dog. Why? Like, why, dog? Like, the money you have, why is you even in Gotham still? He left, saw the world, and came back. Because I want to clean up this city. Man, if you don't get your ass up out of Okay, Gotham. well, get a room. Put down the battering. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you fun, know what? Fun affordable. sanitation and fun Gotham sanitation. Wait, what did Harley say? You know, some uh, affordable housing would yeah. be a good way to start. But it's, it's like I would absolutely watch a street-level hero for D.C., I would like then, to see those shows. And that's where some of these other heroes come up. And I think like, you know, when we were going to get Blue Beetle, and I think that's why Titans worked. I think that's one of the things people liked about Titans was these were kind of like smaller missions. And that gave it a little sense of realism at times. I mean, granted, they still, they still DC'd it up, you know what I'm saying? And they went like, way overboard because folks were still trying to take over the city. I'm just like, why? Hey. Why is it always taking over the city? Why can't somebody just really just want the money? I just want a villain who just wants the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, why you got to control the whole city? What is that really going to do? Because if you take over a city, what's the end game there? Go watch Harley Quinn and find out. You can see what happens when you finally take over a city. <laughs> So, and, in my opinion, like I've noticed with kind of the difference between Marvel and DC, Marvel has always done really good with the movies. DC has done really good with shows to a certain point. They find a show, it's working, it's making money for them, and then they go overboard. Instead of stopping it and working on something else, they keep going and beating a dead horse. Well, that's the other thing Marvel's like, doing like smartly. Season four. Like, well, the they other get to thing like season four and they just like can't do nothing new. Well, think yeah. about it. Think about it like this: not just season four. Season four, twenty-two episode seasons. A lot of times. Yeah. Marvel's doing like eight to ten per character. Because they're like, this is not what this is. Get in, tell the story, get out. Mm -hmm. Tell a specific story rather than us have to follow their lives and like, watch you shoot, them grow. And you shooting yourself in the foot just locking yourself in to having to tell 22 hours of a story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's literally like 
the first that's like phase one yeah yeah <laughs> and i guess and you know what maybe that's why they have so much difficulty transitioning out of that fourth season yeah because but it's like you're doing phase one on one character with one yeah. character and so then you start bringing in weird characters and side characters and this character, but changing them up a little bit. But then this character is coming back from the dead, and they're a new version of this character who's really just this. I'm just like, uh, Arrow, Arrow, I really enjoyed that show in the beginning. And it was like they lost me when they killed. Um, it was like right when I had just started to like Laurel. Yeah. And then they got her up out of here. Yeah. And I was just like, we have to hear this cop talk gritty about losing another one of his daughters. Like, because that was his whole thing. I already lost one of my daughters. Thanks to you. I'm not going to lose another one. It's like, well, you did that, buddy. Like, what? I mean, what did you, you stayed in the city? Like, I should have left. You don't want to lose her. It's bad here. Go to Central City. Should have been left. And, and, and you, you know, it was good for what it was <laughs> in the beginning. And I think all of those shows kind of started off like that. And they started off with the best intentions. And I think that it was just one of those things where it was like, I, you I stayed a little too long. I think the formula worked a little bit better for The Flash simply because The Flash could at least use a formula, a formula process have right. one main story that you need to tell, but do basically a creature of the week every week for, you know, 18 weeks and then have, you know, sprinkle in like three or four episodes where you're dedicated to just the one main problem. Get it resolved by season in, create cliffhanger for the next season. Boom. That's the formula. And that's why it's worked so well for so long. But they have started to really exhaust those ideas and the crossovers mm -hmm. And the, you know, the Flash showed up in this episode of Arrow, and then Arrow was in this episode of Flash, and then he was over here with Supergirl. So they're having a conversation that only relates if you understand the episode of Supergirl that you had to watch. And then, you know, Captain Cold and Heatwave went over to Legends, and then they had a cameo over here, and it and it really started to get complicated, and it became too much work to just enjoy the Flash. And once Arrow kind of started being on its decline flash was supposed to like take over and step up and it just plateaued and stayed the same for three or four seasons too much about love right because it, it really got to the point where i was like i wanted iris to die just so something different you know and it's, it's just like, like she's just so much she's i just feel like she's so much better of a character than that i feel like was her name candace Patton? yeah and she started oh, off. She was a very, very good actress. And I felt like they just made, they never got past, you know what it is? They never got past like Barry being like this lovesick puppy over Iris, even after he pulled her. It's like eventually, brother, you got to step into that confidence and straighten your spine. Like yeah. the city needs the flash. Like Iris is okay. Like you don't have to be like whining behind her every episode like we can tell other stories we can talk about other stuff we can give her stuff to do investigative journalism 
Since y'all love having journalists so much in DC, put her on TV. I mean, I think the funniest part was I liked Grant Gustin's character when she was not around. Because that's when he was smart and he was take charge and he was action. As soon as she come in, Iris. I mean, he just melts and he's no good at that. You know I love you. You know everything I've done for the past five seasons is all for you. You know, and it, even though it's weird because you're actually kind of like my sister because we grew up together. Right, because your your dad adopted. Because your dad raised me. And but everybody's all cool with this. Oh no, uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. Come on. Um, a weight loss stream. We well, uh, let's see. We did talk about DC trimming the fat. And, <laughs> um, I mean, we appreciate you being here, and we we are we are grow day geeks. This is oh, Wednesday, and we we're here to talk about. Uh, no, no, look, this is this, but this is legit, and I this is mm-hmm. why we have guests and indie comics. Yes, I am all about. Well, I don't really know that it's indie. But I'm all about Millar world. And Mark Millar, I think, is a fantastic writer. I love his comics. Nemesis. I'm I'm all over that. As some of my other indies, um, I keep I keep asking specifically about oh, there you go. There's a good one. Yeah, Civil War. See, and a lot of people don't know Mark Millar wrote that, and that's what I'm talking about. He's such a great writer. But uh, Nemesis Wanted is one of my favorites. That's you know not a Marvel DC. Um, the actual Wanted. No, don't go by the the little movie. Ah, you got yours. My I'm gonna I'm gonna see your Scott Pilgrim and meet your Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> is yours black and white? You got the black and white one. I got the yeah. Yeah, same. I thought about getting the color one, but I was just like, let's be real. I don't need that. I think. Man, yes. I yes, Scott is. Scott Pilgrim is Canadian, but this is also, not only is this like one of the best series, but it's also one of my favorite movies. It is a household staple here in the Morgan household. Um, so underrated. Like I want who who directed that movie? That's who needed to direct their live action Mario Brothers movie. Well, I need to save that for pitch it. <laughs> Shadowhawk. You know what? I was a I was a big fan. Shadowhawk, Shadow no. But I Deep liked uh, the Max. Oh, I didn't even know this was in here. And I forgot it was in here. Your post live unboxing. <laughs> yes, I did yes. enjoy the Max cartoon. Um, Wildcats, not Wildcats. Was it Wildcats? Wildcats. Well, Wildcats, Swap. Jim Lee. Swap. Jim Wildcats. Lee Wildcats. Yes. Yes. yes Wildcats. Because mm. Grifter was like the one dude I didn't care since he had the mask. I could pretend. I could be like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, you're right. I could be. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be Grifter. Yeah. And you know. That, that was definitely definitely a favorite. Um, I had a grifter action figure. It's probably still in my grandmother's house somewhere. 
Yeah, Spawn cartoon was definitely ahead of its time. For uh, sure. And that used to be like back in the day on HBO. Mm-hmm. That was like that was that was that that nighttime and yeah, I would watch, I'd be watching that. My cousins, so my older cousins, <laughs> my older cousins would be like watching stuff like Sunday night, and it was like obviously like certain times. This is in summertime though, so I don't really have no bedtime. But right. it's like sometimes they'd be like, "All right, we about to watch something. You got to go." But if you was quiet, they would forget you was in there, and they used to always try to send me out when Spawn came on. But sometimes I was quiet, and I got to stay in there. And I was like, oh, this is why you guys don't want me to watch this. <laughs> Even I, like, I'm in here and I know I'm too young to be in here right now. Right. Like, when you start having to cover your own eyes, like, I got it already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would say um, for a lot of those, those uh, indie, uh, what was that? Um, Dark Horse comics, um, the funding. I mean, comics in the 90s was definitely a dying business um you know i'm saying in the 80s it kind of it kind of had some up and downs you know dc was your staple marvel was your staple and you had big characters the big names and they were the ones who continued to sell comics and we actually have someone who wishes to join do want to remind you karuma this is uh komaru this is live but welcome Hey, what's going on, man? Talking about '90s comics, I had to step in real quick. Yes, yes. So I, was, um, I used to be an avid collector, huge yes. collector. Like I loved all the Image Comics stuff and all the '90s comics of that era. I just thought it was like so perfect, even though some of it lacked substance. I thought that it was just like the vibe of that era was just so perfect. It really was. And when you mentioned uh, Pitt, I actually had a a character that I used from, I based it off of the character pit and kind of tried to base it off the max as well. Um, I used to do this role play, this tabletop role playing game called Rifts. And I had a character that was a Pogtoe. Pogtoes are supposed to be like dragon hunters. And so they're, they're like uh, 20 feet tall, blah, blah, blah. And I named my character Pit just because as badass as the character was and his powers and his abilities, things like that. It was basically like, oh, okay. All I need him to do is be smaller. So there's a, a whole campaign where we ended up getting X Excalibur, uh, well, Caliber X. We were in London and we got Caliber X. I made a wish and now my character was shorter. He was 10 feet tall instead of 20 feet tall, which made him much more, <laughs> much more compatible with some of the missions. Cause when you have a 20 foot tall character in the campaign, lot of limitations because i can't like go into buildings and stuff so there is no my character was at the bar not at 20 feet tall he wasn't he was standing outside, outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right like i'm always outside and everybody has to tell me so hey I doesn't anyone want to come outside <laughs> why are we always going to the bar like it's a great day we should have brunch on the balcony a field over there. there's a huge right. field over there it just seems so cool but yeah, man, like reading reading those comics, I would say um, just from what I recall, you know, a lot of it was was sales. A lot of it was based on sales because I remember Wildcats actually had a cartoon for a little while. And yeah, a lot of the worst theme song ever. 
Wildcats, yeah. Wildcats, or whatever. <laughs> We're zeros. They're no, heroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was bad. Well, you know what's interesting? A lot of those comics, like Savage Dragon, Wildcats, Ooh, uh, a lot Dragon. of, a lot of time, they, they all had a moment, but their moment, like, never reached a crazy pinnacle. I don't know if they sold out too soon or not enough. I mean, it'd be so interesting if they had their success now. I wonder if they would be household names. I mean, like something like Spawn or something totally is, but. Well, even think, Spawn, yeah. I think, could have been bigger. And yeah. it's surprising that he has, I won't say held on as long as he has, but the fact that he never really went mainstream and he's he's maintained the rights all this time. Yeah, I feel like uh, McFarlane is the guy who's like holding spawn back in a weird way from being huge again. Like he doesn't want to make a movie unless he's directing and writing it. Well, so I can say making a bad movie basically will like derail any plans to expand your brand because, you know, we've, I mean, we've talked about it on here numerous times, but that seems to be the way that most people are, learning about and ingesting like all these comic characters and IP and this same thing back then. A lot of people went to see that Spawn movie that had never read the Spawn comic book and that movie did not make anybody want to go back and like read the comic book. So but you still think there'd be some people who are like, okay, Spawn looks cool. You know what I mean? You I mean, can get like a super there's, there's been rumors of I've heard like Jamie Foxx and a few other names floated out there as like supposedly like taking on the role, but I don't, I haven't heard like much serious. I remember in the 2000s when they're like, we're coming back with another Spawn cartoon, Spawn the animation, and just nothing happened. Like, it's, it just seems somewhat like a no brainer that someone would do it. And I'm just like, is it McFarlane who's holding this back? Because, like, why? I don't know. You think, you think at least someone would make, like, if they remade Hellboy, <laughs> you know, you think they'd at least make one more Spawn movie. Like a more uh, traditional adaptation of the book. You would so think. The, the biggest. I think the biggest issue that they face with Spawn is watching kind of where Spawn went mm. in the comics, and trying to figure out what is the right story to adapt at this point. Because if you do a Spawn movie, you have to reintroduce the character, and. Definitely. And everything that's happened to Spawn up to this point, you know what I'm saying? Like Spawn has been to heaven, got kicked out, been to hell, got kicked out, fought mm -hmm. God, fought the devil. It, like you you got to make that make sense to people who didn't read those comics or grow up with those comics or even have some sort of concept for that in a comic sense. Because, you know, like... Um, What's the last Thor? Okay, so with the last Thor movie, everybody kind of had their feelings about it. Oh, it's too silly. It's trying to be too funny and da 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 da. And it's like I watched and I'm like, I don't think I laughed all that much for this to be like too funny. So I don't I don't know what y'all are talking about. And maybe it just missed the mark on a couple of jokes, and I didn't laugh, and that's the problem. But they they still brought about and introduced the characters in a way that makes them tangible, makes them realistic, makes them real, and makes them available in the medium having russell crowe come in you're not yeah. invited to the orgy 
Right. That was <laughs> that's great for Zeus. You know what I'm saying? And it's this fat because he's, because he's right. I mean, he's kind of a mockery of Zeus, but at the same time, you know, you that post credit scene, we kind of get it. Now I'm looking at the guy Hercules, and I'm like, mm, so nobody picked up the comic and saw Hercules in the comics, but okay, whatever. If they're just introduced, if we're just showing him right here, yeah, it was he like Peter Pan. <laughs> like, like he hasn't gotten, you know what? But he hasn't gotten on the Marvel diet yet. Mm-hmm. When they get ready to make the next movie and they're going to bring him back, it'll be totally different. It'll be okay at that time. Nah, man, nah, nah, nah. If Kumail Nanjiani can get his body tight, you can get your body tight for that first five seconds if you're playing Hercules. That's like number one requirement. Must have I, muscles. You'd have to like, have to confirm yeah. to me that we're hundred percent. Like they might never make a Thor five, you know. And I just do roids and yeah, less like, my life by like ten years, <laughs> just for post credit sequence. At the end of the movie, it said Thor will return, and Kevin Feige ain't lied to me yet. So exactly. Yep. So I'm looking at that, and I'm look, and that's why I'm like, okay, so they've now made these gods touchable and tangible and realistic, and you know what I'm saying. We got to see. Um, eternity. So if eternity is around, then that means destiny is out there somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Those deities are there as well. And so, did you how like do you Thor introduce that? I'm sorry. Did you like Thor and Love and Thunder? I didn't dislike it. I I would give it I would give it a six point eight right at a seven. It wasn't a bad movie. Like, do you feel like the there was stuff missing from like the middle or end? You feel like that there was some stuff cut away from the movie? There's always going to be, there's always going to be like plot pieces that I are feel, missing. I feel like there was the whole like Valkyrie storyline that just got like axed in the middle because at the beginning it's like you see her, she's unhappy, she can't wait to get back on the battlefield, and then yeah. she like gets out there, but it's just like she just keeps showing up, but we don't know what what is she doing. Like, like, why did you show me what she's doing one time when she's by herself, but then never again? So I'm not supposed to care about what the king of Asgard is like doing. Like they made it like this whole big thing, and then as soon as like Jane shows up, it's just all my problems are solved because yeah. I have a Thor now. Yeah, Google eyes. Right, and and you, there was definitely some disconnected moments in the movie. Like I think the the continuity errors kind of there felt like there were continuity errors because we were here, then we were here, then we were here. And even like when he used the Thunderbolt to enchant the kids' powers and stuff like that, it was kind of like, so you can just do an enchantment at any time? Is this because you now have the Odin Force? Or are we going to, you know what? I'm going to just watch and enjoy. This is cool. The kids are beating up stuff with a toy. I'm laughing. We're just going to enjoy this moment. I'm not going to. I'm not going to dissect this right now, because if I do, it'll take me out of this moment and I'll have questions that can't be answered by what I'm seeing on screen. So I was kind of like the end of the first Shazam when like everybody just got powers. And I was like, I still don't know how this works, but cool. Megan good. What's up? (laughs) Like, I'm not going to complain. Like maybe they'll answer those questions in the next movie. Hopefully. But it's it's one of those things where it's like if he's gone the entire movie not understanding his powers, how did he suddenly know that he could transfer or share the powers? Or mm. that's not something that came along until way later in the comics. And anytime you have an adaptation, you know what I'm saying, like or 
you know, written for the screen or that sort of stuff, it, it definitely changes. And I feel like a character like Spawn is going to be almost, well, not too difficult. That's that's not the appropriate phrase, but I think it's going to be a challenge to take King Spawn, Angel Spawn, um, um, Spawn War Devil. You know what I'm saying? And like, how do we how do we make preparations to get to that? Kind I will of thing? I will say like it is a good strategy to kind of let Spawn like leave the public zeitgeist for a minute and have him be this niche character for a while. Just let that let that hype like simmer a little bit more. But people are just still kind of like, oh, why? Why why are people excited about Spawn? I don't know that much about the character, but you don't have this like trying to relive my childhood, man. Right. But you don't have you don't, you don't have like the public doesn't have a bad taste in its mouth about Spawn. It was a bad movie, but it came and it went. Nobody talks about it. Like it's kind of like what's ahead of its time. Like not not the movie, but like making a comic book movie off of like a big something that's like super popular, you know, versus like uh, a smaller comic or something like if that movie maybe came out i mean blade wasn't that far off i guess like just a few years or a year or two but maybe but it was just a totally different power set too because like you need like the cgi now can handle spawn the yeah. like you look back at some of them like the demons and him going through hell and the chain it's like oof yeah. meanwhile like i mean wesley snipes just cutting vampires in half and they blowing up like that's easy. I, guess, I guess just mean like the authenticity of it, you know? Yeah. You think there, there would be a little more authenticity in that Spawn movie, but it just seemed like it totally wanted to be something else. But that's part of the reason why I think it missed the authenticity because like when you like if you look at Spawn's character design, it is the flowing cape, the like it's like a bunch of stuff that's just like kind of moving and animated on its own. He's supposed to kind of be able to like grow and move in the shadows i just don't think we really had the capability mm. at the budget yeah. that movie was made at to show spawn in a way that he it reflects the because like his cape is like crazy and i don't even really mm. remember it in the movie like no I remember dr strange dr strange cape more famous than spawn cape right now yeah you know i mean well, it's because dr strange cape looked better but i clearly remember his cape from the movie and i remember it being just it looking looked like, terrible. It looked like the Barry White satin sheet album cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. You know what I'm saying? But I remember, like, at one point, he's on a motorcycle, and the cape, like, covers the motorcycle and everything. Yep. You know what I'm saying? There's very specific things I remember about the cape, and, of course, it was, it was like an extension of him on top of that. It wasn't a separate entity. The cape is technically an extension of him, as are the change. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's why they function the way that they do. They do kind of have a mind of their own and they work independently. He doesn't have to control it with his mind, but he has full control over it. And it is an extension of Spawn's powers. And so that's that's one of the the cooler aspects. But, yeah, they could absolutely nail that and get that right today. You, you not think, something they could do then. But you think, though, that like. With the way that the animated series was perceived, and it just kind of ended for the sake of it. I don't, I don't know why it ended. I don't know if it was not popular or just the powers that be wanted to not do it because it was expensive. But you think they could do another animation series with the goodwill they have on it, get the character back in the zeitgeist, 
and then be able to do this more traditional film, whatever that could be, you know? You think that there'd be like an easy road for that? I yeah, think but it's that also is- like the cartoon holds up. Like I watched yeah. it a couple years ago. It it I mean it's like so if I'm an HBO executive because that's what it was on, I'm like, why well, remake it? I'm just put it on the home page, <laughs> let a whole new generation discover it. But I'd be like, but we can make more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd just be like, See, what on. I would be pitching though is just like a little ten episode live action TV show. Because I do agree, it is a character that it is a character in and of itself that just requires a lot of explaining, a lot of exposition. Because to really get into it, you kind of have to understand like the mythology of it all. And I feel like, you know, the movie kind of focused more on just like him being back on earth, getting into the streets and just figuring out what he can do. But it doesn't get into like the heaven and hell battle and all that other stuff like that, that you can get into, introduce some side characters and not just have to have Spawn be in every scene, actually focus on like, you know, him still being in love with his wife and his best friend, like basically marrying her after he died. (laughs) I always thought that um, Hellboy and BPRD kind of lend itself to like a good Netflix series or something. It's because there's so many just little stories there that can also interconnect to big things. Definitely BPRD, and they have like a new movie coming out for that. They're they're doing a BPRD movie. A second one. They already did a first one. Yeah, Ryan what? Reynolds was in the first one. Ryan Reynolds and um. That's no no that can't be connected to the Hellboy universe. Different chat. Um, what, what it's gotta uh, be different? R- you said Same. RIPD. No, BPRD. Sorry, my I was talking about the Hellboy. No, no, no. And that was so confused. I was like, Ryan Reynolds is in a movie. I didn't know what. I've got the wrong. I've got the wrong (laughs) acronym. That's me. I've got the wrong acronym. Um, Yeah. So the 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 paranormal division from Hellboy. That okay? Yeah, I could see that. Do you guys ever? um, That would make a check in on Savage Dragon ever. I mean, I haven't looked at Savage Dragon in like ten years. I know it's still going on. I think. Pretty much everything, like Image Comics is the third largest comic company. You know, like you've got DC, Marvel, and Image Comics. So anything that they're putting out is is probably still good. And I would imagine Savage Dragon is still going strong. He's he's is there, made the rounds for a while. Is there any comics that you guys liked that got canceled that you were like, man, this sucks that it only did like four issues or six issues because I wanted to know more. Does anything come off the top of your head? I got a couple. Uh, there were certain storylines I wish they had continued or or done a little differently, but most of what I was collecting to read were ongoing series. Right. So, um, but the first thing that comes to mind was the uh, White Knight, Batman White Knight run with. Uh, you know, basically the the flip side of of Joker, when he's no longer Joker, he's cured. And watching what takes place with that, they have since gone back, and now they've created this whole new storyline that just branches out under White Knight, and that's pretty cool. Um, the Gotham PD had a comic series that ran for a little bit thought that was pretty interesting because of course it was one of those things where like we're watching the background stuff that happens at Gotham PD. 
and you know uh montoya and um harvey what's what's the bullock you know montoya and bullock were two of like the big characters in that and that was kind of a that was kind of a thing but i do a lot of graphic novels so uh most graphic novels are kind of one shots anyway <laughs> you know I or a collection got, i just got the matt wagner batman run like uh gra collection did you ever read his like batman he did like i don't know like five or four he was only three like batman mini series that he did matt wagner i'd have to i would have to look that up but uh, i have most i have access to most i do the uh the dc infinite so Oh, okay, yeah. That would be one I could go back and track. Yeah, he did like a bunch of like mini Batman miniseries stuff. Like, I always thought they were just incredible. Jeff, you got anything you can think of that was canceled? I mean, all the milestone stuff, I would say. I would like, I would have loved it if there was like a backlog of like 40 years of or 30 years of milestone comics to look back on rather than mm -hmm. kind of this huge gap. Um, I don't know. Have you guys watched the documentary on HBO? Milestones. Yeah, I, it's it's cute. It's 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 pretty interesting. Like, I mean, they go. They they. It's, I'll say it's kind of one of those things where it's like you could tell like everybody who was like involved in Milestone was like involved. So it's very like glowing. Um, it's a very glowing review, and because the Milestone imprint is under dc right now i don't know if they really got into like the nitty-gritty of the friction that went on between milestone and dc but they talk about it a little bit um it was interesting to hear it was also really interesting to hear like how comic book stores at the time were fighting kind of pushing back against it because of the characters and so like art, like they had some of the artists and former founders talking about it and saying how like they sent out all these promotional posters, basically that comic book shops could hang up in their window saying like Milestone sold here because when it first came out, it was like flying off the rack, but then people started hating. Then the DC people started wanting to come in and add their own like sauce on the editorial. So there was just like a lot of stuff kind of going on. I was like, it was like an interesting perspective of hearing like why it like disappeared as well because like i didn't even know about it when it first came out i first time i heard of anything milestones the static shop cartoon and then i went back and was like and then it's like then you start seeing easter eggs everywhere even like if you watch old episodes of the fresh prince in the episodes where they live in the pool house they have like milestone like comic book characters posters like in the background hanging on the pool house wall like when they walk in and out and you know that's the kind of stuff you you know you look back and you're like man it, it would have been nice if, if if it had gotten some support because like i've read through like a lot of the original static shock run and it's it's good stuff you know maybe the comic book illustration is cr more crude than like some people like but the storylines are good the characters are strong the art is strong and I think I would have liked it if, you know, Static Shock didn't have to have like some random hiatus in there, like <laughs> trying to figure out how to retcon him into DC and him just being strong, like in the Dakota verse and letting that be its own thing. I mean, he just kind of popped up in uh, the future. Uh, what was it? 
the um, Justice League Unlimited, I think it was, when they did like one of the the future stories. Oh, in the future, yeah. Clock King or somebody was there, and we got to see. It was him. like him, and then Hawk. It was like uh, Green Lantern and and Hawk Girl's son. Son, yeah, and some other folks. And Static just showed up, and then I think he cameoed a couple times in. Um, Young Justice. Well, he was in. He was definitely in Young Justice. But what's the uh, Batman Beyond? I think he he had a crossover cameo a couple times on that. Because uh, it's been I, a minute since I've seen that. I feel like there were. I, I have nah, very Batman. Batman. Batman came on Static Shock. Okay. That, okay. Then that's what it was. That's what it was. I just. I, I like. I have a very clear image of Static and Batman Beyond. You might be right, but it would have had to be some time travel something. Because I know, like the like Batman, Batman did end up on Static Shock. I watched that like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Dave. Any any comments that you can recall? No, because I mean, I I basically stuck with the mainstream stuff. It's like they'd finish storyline and I'd pick up the next storyline. And so I I wasn't as, I wasn't allowed to be as into comics. Yeah, I also didn't read a whole bunch of comics growing up. I had TV shows get canceled. (laughs) Right? That that, that was devastating. That hurt. No ordinary family still. Yeah. I had like a I had a run of like three years where it was like literally half the shows I watched, like half the new shows that I latched onto got canceled. And I was just I'm not watching nothing else. So the season's over and it gets picked back up for season two. Man, when Elf got canceled. You know, the last what, I was season of Elf. What was I wa- I watched Elf recently on I personally love it. It's like one of my favorite things. Was it Tubi? I think they have like Alf on Tubi. It's on YouTube too. The episodes are just on YouTube. I need to go back and revisit. That's a show I remember being on as a child, but I do not remember like actively watching it. I think I was like slightly too young. My grandmother didn't want me acting like Alf. A comic book series that I remember that got canceled. There was two. There's like two image comic book ones. Um, one was called Gutsville. It was like um, it kind of took. Yeah, it took time. It took place in like pilgrim time, kind of. Everyone's dressed like pilgrims and stuff, I believe. And then kind of it's revealed at the end of the issue that they're they they're on this giant ship that got stuck in a whale's stomach. And it's like this ship that's stuck in a whale's stomach and all these people are just trapped in there for like ever, I guess. And it got canceled. And then there was one called Emissary that was like about this alien. I think it was an alien. It was like this this um, um, like black guy who like, I don't know, has this like super cool suit. He has these powers. He just starts elevating in uh, like New York. And then it's just like, What's going on? <laughs> it was just so cool. It was just so such a cool thing, but it got canceled after a few issues. And you, know, I always hate reading in the back of the book. In the back of the book, when it's like, "We're sorry to say, you know, we're done, but maybe we'll come back." And I'm always just, man, they're never coming back. 
They never come back. <laughs> never. I mean, even shows now, like Paper Girls just got canceled. I was bummed about that. Um, now, was was that one similar to the the comic? Yeah. Okay. That's the time traveler. It was it was interest it's interesting too, because like people have kind of been like, it's weird that like people didn't latch on to paper girls at all, but it's basically like all the 80s nostalgia and time travel shit people love from like Stranger Things. But like, you know, I don't know. I think I think being it on Amazon didn't help it. Although like you can look at the boys and just be like, Amazon isn't like keeping you from success. People watch that. People watch yeah. the Invincible, but mm. I don't think there was really like even a push to like get people to understand what the show is about. You just like grabbed a show based on a comic book, made it, put it up, and put four girls on the poster, and you thought people were just going to gravitate to that, and it's just like, nah, man, you actually got to like market stuff and sell it. Like, <laughs> Did anyone watch Sandman? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I only watched a bit of it, and I, I don't know. Maybe I should stick with it longer. I wasn't that impressed. Uh, how far in when you say a bit of it? Maybe like halfway through the first episode, and then oh, I got yeah. tired, and then I was I mean, just. In fairness, I would say, have you read the comic? Oh yeah, it's like one of my favorites. Okay, get through that first episode. If you don't like it by the end of the first episode, I won't push it. But they hit all of the key points, and they even went back and included. As a bonus episode, the um, Queen of Cats and the Muse, the story of the Muse. Okay. They even went back and included that. But everything is it. The only thing that I don't think I got as much of that I wanted was probably I wanted a little bit more from Cain and Abel as they had a little bit more in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, they. They show the characters, they talk about the characters, and you you get you'll enjoy Cain and Abel if you read the comic. If you didn't read the comic, they don't detract from the story. It's the only way okay. I can really say it. Um when I was watching it and just that opening like occult scene, I mean it's just like some this is just how Netflix does or whatever, but I'm just like, this is supposed to be like a occult scene where everything's lit with candlelight. Why does this look like perfect studio lighting <laughs> you know i'm just like why and but you say i finished the first episode because i'm a fan of sandman i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna love it yeah i i've i raved about it for a good while and i've encouraged everyone to watch it and the faithfulness to the comic is there while mm-hmm. making necessary adjustments and you know adaptation for live action film that mm-hmm. kind of thing the spirit for lack of a better phrase, the spirit is definitely there. And um, that is one of those things that I think is is most important. I mean, I, I, I complain a lot of times because I can, I know that I have the capability to be very comic purist. And right, yeah. um, I try, I sincerely try to like avoid the gatekeeping. And I'm usually one of those people that like really talks about like, oh, well, you know, they had to change this for that and you know it's it's okay as long as the spirit is still there and still the same because mm-hmm. the very first thing that comes to mind of course 
and I'll be the first one to say it, is that damn civil war. And it's <laughs> such a problem for me because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big Mark Millar fan. So reading the Civil War comics, yeah, like everything so that went into that, you know what I'm saying? Like having the characters and all the side stories that were taking place where they were trying to like assassinate Captain America and Luke Cage had to like step in and really like lead the the resistance and, you know, Spider-Man revealing him. Like there's so much that goes into the story of Civil War. And to reduce this down to 10 people on the tarmac having a scrap. Yeah. Civil War, when it when it was when it was coming out <laughs> issue, that was the most craziest time, I feel. Like there's just so much like the mini golden age in its own right. Like, really, really. It really no? truly was. And that was honestly, that was kind of how I discovered Mark Millar because I was like, this is so good. Who is the team behind this? And of course, that's where I discovered Mark Millar. And then I got to realizing that, oh, he does his own comics and does this other stuff. And so I started investigating that and, you know, Jupiter's Legacy, Jupiter's Circle, um, you know, Nemesis, like that whole story. Mm -hmm. Nemesis is just crazy because yeah. it's just like, for no reason, here's a bad guy who's just bad. I just want to bring up two things and then I, I got to go. Um, no one, problem. The Tick cartoon. Anyone watch the Tick cartoon? <laughs> Anyone into that? Like, the tick, actually, even the Tick live action was pretty entertaining. I've never. That's that's the one thing I've never seen. I've only seen photos Wait, of it. Original one or the like newer one? Because there was the, an original one back in like the nineties. Yeah, that yeah, one, I remember that one. Yeah, that one was a little. That one was weird. Yeah, the original live action was was very weird. The you know what it was? Because they made they made the original live action basically a live action version of the cartoon, but that cartoon was too cartoony for real life. So, yes. <laughs> so it's like you have to like tone it down a tad bit. I also didn't right. get the tick when I was a kid. I didn't get it was like making fun of superheroes. So I was right. like, man, this show is weird. Like all these superheroes suck. They don't save nobody. They just crashing into stuff. Chairface. <laughs> <laughs> What's so interesting is the tick in Canada, though it did play on like the Fox, Fox Kids, Fox Fox or whatever, it played at late at night on this programming called Teletoon. I don't know if anyone's Canadian here or not. We are all right. resident Americans. Okay. Beautiful. I love Americans. Um so the tick actually played on this our like uh, our adult swim called Teletoon. It's just for it's like for children for like teens, pre preteens and stuff. But at nighttime they play adult cartoons like Spawn would be on there or like Duckman or whatever. And then um, <laughs> the tick was on there, so I it was part of this real adult surrealist cartoon stuff. I I couldn't imagine watching it as like a Saturday morning thing. Yeah, yeah, it was bizarre. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of bizarre cartoons back then, so I kind of, it was like, I feel like it hit that stage where it was like everything in the 90s was like superhero cartoons, like like Sentai remakes, and then like these just weird off cartoons like that, Eek the Cat, like Life with Louie. It was just like weird. Like, why am I watching a show about Louis Anderson's childhood life in Wisconsin? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was like one of the most popular cartoons out when I was a kid. Like everybody watched Life with Louis. They had like a holiday special that like had fourth grade all all a buzz. It was like the holiday special we all talked about as kids. 
But for some reason, it was just like, yeah, Louis Anderson. He seems like a good subject for a children's for a whole cartoon. Bobby's World. Why am I watching yeah. a whole show about Howie Mandel? And Bobby's World was great from what I remember. It was. Bobby's World was a little different because Bobby's World was a character that he created for like his stand up specials. Okay. And that turned into a whole cartoon. So that was a little different. The little Anderson went with you. I'm like, what the hell is this? Because I was just like, who is this man at the beginning of every episode? Like, I don't. I don't. I didn't know who Howie Mandel was. I just knew Bobby's World because <laughs> I was five. And see, I remember Comic Relief and seeing Howie Mandel specials. And when Howie Mandel was on, uh, what was the TV show? It was a medical drama he was on. So before we had like Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that, Howie Mandel played a doctor on another TV show. It will come to me later. I got a cartoon that nobody ever, ever, ever remembers when I bring up cartoons. It's a cartoon called The Hurricanes. It's about this soccer team that was made up of like all different soccer players from around the world. And they were just like, go play play exhibition soccer games places and just save the day playing soccer. I remember the Mighty Ducks cartoon where it was hot. The Mighty Ducks cartoon is so Damn, interesting. Just, just fuck my answer, huh? No, I'm just saying. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember a soccer cartoon. I remember. No, I don't it was so it was so like niche and bizarre. I've I saw like three episodes of it. I bought the like Super Nintendo game once. It sucked. <laughs> I was so mad. I bought that game. I like, never played it. And. Just like never saw or heard. I watched like a couple episodes on YouTube and was like, yeah, I see why this didn't catch on. First of all, I mean, you're Canadian, so this might not be as true, but it's about soccer. It's not going to catch on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, Dave, you, is that a Punisher football jersey? Yes, it is. I designed that. You did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, also. Oh, I designed that too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, oh, cool! You're you're a designer. You're a designer. yeah. I used to work. I used to work for like a licensing company that we we did like Marvel and Star Wars, oh, that's and so Nickelodeon, cool. and all that stuff. So yeah, that's a lot so cool. of times guys hop on and they'll have on something that either I personally designed and or that the company I worked for made from a few years ago or whatever. Oh, that's sick! That's sick. Well, just talking about the the hurricanes and you brought up Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks was there was just that era of animated where they would like take from properties but then they would completely change them mm-hmm. like mighty ducks is a perfect example of that it's such a good cartoon too yeah sports cartoons i feel like never get enough love just because they always make them out weird sports like well i mean you're canadian so it probably was less weird for you but it's like we're not watching hockey like that here <laughs> in america to have a saturday well, well, or, or carmen san diego and know? i said i like hockey I love Carmen San Diego. Oh, Carmen San Diego was fire. But I've never seen the live action. And when I learned what the live action was, I was like, Oh, the game show? Yeah, the game show. I was like, this has nothing to do with the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that game show, that used to have that used to have the after school program lit. We was like, I think I only saw one person like win like the little sweepstakes at the end where you have to put the the I saw one person. Win that like my whole life. Every I just be watching kids go to the wrong state, the wrong country. 
Gumshoes. Yeah, that lady. I, you know, <laughs> hold on. So this is really showing my age. I still have a problem with her for getting Mr. Clark arrested. Like, <laughs> so she was actually like, for lack of a better phrase, one of the main antagonists in a movie. Uh, uh, Lean, on, Lean me. on me with a younger Morgan Freeman because I don't feel like he was ever young, but. He had no gray at the time. He was a younger Morgan Freeman, and he plays like this inner city principal kind of thing. And it's such a great true story and whatnot of uh, Joe Clark, and it's so inspiring. But the lady who was the host on the show, Car Where in the World is Karma San Diego? The lady who was the host, she was in that movie. She was like one of the main antagonists. And it was, mm -hmm. it's just like, never forgot that. That's one of those facts that will stay with me for life. It's like this, like one of those moments where something happens and you're like, does anyone else feel what I'm feeling right now? Exactly. Like you, I see her on the talk show and I'm like, don't be nice to them. You're not a nice person. And yeah. that was younger me not being able to separate the actress from the character. And yeah, I just want to that. bring up one thing and then I got to go. Um, Do you guys ever watch the cartoon Cyber Six? Cyber uh, Six. Let me see. I don't I don't it played in Canada. It was Bionic so. Bionic Six. No, Cyber Six. It was like this. It's like woman, with leather bound superhero oh, with a. I've never seen this before. Never seen Cyber Six. It was Canadian. It's only lasted like one season, like thirteen episodes. Highbrow, or maybe not. I don't know. I remember watching it as a kid and being like, I don't understand what this is about. But um, just watch an intro to it sometime, and I think I think. I don't know. Isn't it's incredible, but I can never find anyone to um, uh, talk about it with. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. You know, I love comics. I love like nerd culture and stuff like that. So oh, it was it super sweet to talk to you all. Hey, yeah. we appreciate you being on, man. I'm glad that you yeah. were able to find us through yeah. Twitch. And I hopefully, we you got some weight loss tips today. And um... <laughs> um, well, yeah, because I saw a weigh in Wednesday, and I was like, oh, sweet, oh, I'm, a, I'm a fat guy. I can't wait to. I'm gonna watch a, a weight loss pod, like a weight loss pod or something. And then I was like, oh, comics, even better. I don't want to talk about my addiction with McDonald's. But anyway, so, uh, thank, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you anyone can, I just followed you guys on Twitch. So anytime you guys are doing a stream, I'll watch you guys. And yeah, follow me on cool. Twitch if anyone can. Come on, refresh. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Drop yeah. your Twitch in the comments so we can put it on the screen. We'll do. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. So uh, he's it's right there, and that was uh, Kamaru Fresh hanging out with us for a little bit, and that's what the show is about. You know, bringing people in. And uh, so, Curramore, 18, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. We have not. And you know what? I am currently, Dave and I were just talking about Cyberpunk the other day. And what is that? I like am. Video game. Well, no. There is, and I just looked this up because I saw that comment, because I know the newest update with Cyberpunk is the Edge Runners update, which, yes, I have, and I've already done all the missions for that. I died so many times. <laughs> I'm, currently go I'm currently working on my corpo playthrough, as discussed. Mm. Working on my corpo playthrough. Uh, it is a Netflix series, apparently. Definitely. So I was unaware that that even existed. So. Yeah, we'll be on that. More, thank you for bringing that up, because I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, we're going to... Uh... Boom, you get a star on that comment. 
Hopefully, I don't know what that I don't know what that does, but thank you for that comment. That was much appreciated. And you know, it's funny because like I actually came on here tonight, and in my mind, I was like, you know, normal distraction. But I love the the genuine conversation we have more so than reviews, because um, if there's something like pertinent on the show that needs to be discussed. And yeah, of course, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that. But I don't need to do a weekly review of the same show that everybody else watched. I mean, we'll talk about it. And if there's cool stuff that happens. Yeah, that's the that's the thing to talk about. Um, I do like that since we since I dropped that little bit. Here's my quick segue for that. I do like that we're about to get the time jump in uh, House of Dragons. As I've wondered how they're going to progress, we're we're about to be at a time jump, so that's pretty cool. I'm excited for that. Definitely want to see what happens on that. Um, still waiting, still waiting on Ring of Power to yeah to do something like come on, do I, something. <laughs> right. I'm still like I need that needs to be the clip every time we talk about Rings of Power and my I, production. Like, oh, I struggled through the last episode. Right. You know, and like, it's to me the coolest thing about the episode was the whole here comes the wave and then she wakes up. Right. I like literally thought something was happening mm-hmm. and then nothing happened. And not even like a oh you were it was just a dream, but it was like every conversation that took place in that episode, the episode before that was a little bit more interesting. Just because we got to see the the bar, well, not the bar fight, but the street brawl, mm. um, that was something enter- entertaining. We got a little bit more um, happening with the elves and stuff like that, so that was kind of cool. Um, the sword, yeah, but I didn't really get anything advanced on what's happening with Nori. I need to know still more about. The, the stranger who fell and created a big old meteor like what's happening you know so it's just like and I Elrond and Durin like I don't know I'm just waiting on the show to really really ramp up but um, Karamor is there anything you could add or discuss about cyberpunk edge runners because i'm currently working on my most recent playthrough and it's kind of funny because i haven't really picked up the game since i played last when i like when i went through the first playthrough and i beat it and everything and um i'm in there now and i see that there's a couple of new weapons um was some updates to the existing weapons Wait, I think he's talking about the TV show on Netflix. Right, right, right. No, no, no. And okay. I, I know, okay. I know he's talking about the TV show on Netflix. That's Edge Runners. Um, it's a looks like a dope anime. It's in my queue. I just haven't watched it yet. Okay. But as I'm excited now because I'm like back immersed mm. in Night City, as I'm doing my corpo playthrough, um, I am I am basing my female corpo playthrough on. Kate Mara's character from the movie Morgan. Um, it was a fun little watch. Not a great movie, but not a bad movie. I enjoyed it. Um, that would be one to check out. 
but since I'm doing that playthrough, I've like put a lot more in, in terms of my character stats. I put a lot more into my intelligence and I plan on beefing up my cyber abilities. Mm -hmm. This is one of those situations where if I was playing any other kind of game, I would normally pick like the rogue or the stealth, the ninja or something like that. Um, and then when I go back, I'm going to go back and play as the mage or the wizard or something, you know, because it's outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. I have to play a little different. And I keep forgetting that and I keep dying constantly because <laughs> it's funny. I am just at the point. Let's see. All I've done is went to see Brick, pick up the flathead. I just got to the I just got to the hotel. And I've died so many times because I keep stopping trying to like, I'm trying to like power level my character. So I keep stopping to like stop crimes as I'm riding around the city and I have a level four character. I can do no damage to anyone. I can't hurt anybody. Yeah. I can't use any of my cybernetic abilities yet. So it's like, well, I'm going to keep suffering until I improve. So when I get to places that I got to this one level that had a net runner, I refused to leave until I beat that level, but I kept on. <laughs> kept well, dying. what I would say, and because I love cyberpunk and now that the playthrough is getting a lot better, uh, I'm enjoying it a lot more, but I have noticed if you try and go off script before you get back in the car with Jack, like after the whole picking right. up the flathead, you're going to die a lot. So it's like you have to finish that mission set. No, I feel like but you have to do not everything. to the point where you're going to get the relic, but you have to finish to a point before you can start power leveling because you're just, you Clearly. don't, the way it's set up is you don't have the power, the knowledge or the experience to do anything else, which sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Don't want to spoil the scrape, but it was slow burn. It really picks up about halfway. Okay. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sweet. So yeah, I'm all in for that. That'll be yeah. that'll probably get watched tomorrow. Let's uh let's see. Tomorrow's Thursday. So we got oh, I'll be watching it tomorrow. Right. Now I'm just trying to think like what all I have to watch tomorrow. <laughs> there's there's no Harley Quinn. You know what? It'll it'll take the place of Harley Quinn. Because I only have I only have She Hulk to watch tomorrow. Yeah, I was gonna say I think She Hulk's the only thing coming out. Well, except for Andor. Hmm. And I will say the show is set before the game, so many Easter eggs in the show, but the game actually has Easter eggs from the show. Sweet, I would I would check for that. Yeah, especially when it goes in the reverse like that. So that's that's pretty dope. Um, also, Mark, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you could, you could. I mean, as soon as something happens, I promise I will tell you. And. <laughs> Like you will see me on here being so excited to be like, finally on Lord of the Rings, let me tell you. And like I, I feel like there's a battle or a war coming up, so maybe that'll that'll do it. Um, but we're already what four episodes in? Yeah. And I'm still just kind of like oh wait. 
change something. Did I mute you? Was that me? Oh, that was me. My bad. Okay. Ain't that how the movies was? Just slow, 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 slow. Then just like all of a sudden L shooting arrows and shit. You know what? No, actually. The mm-hmm. first movie had enough to keep you interested because they, when they met uh, Aragorn in the tavern, they were chased right then. So you were like 30 minutes in and there was already like swordplay. Um, then they get to the, you know, they get to um, Elrond's tower and they're up there. That's where they create the fellowship and they have the whole moment, you know, one does not simply. Um, and then everybody proclaims and gives up their stuff because you have my bow and my axe and that sort of thing. Um, all that happens. Then they actually start the journey. Now the movie ends with them on the side of a cliff. So it's kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. Now movies two how and you three. Start, how you start a journey at the end of the movie? That's an asshole move right there, Peter <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> That's a cliffhanger from hell. But well, the, whole, the first movie is like all the build up and everything. The next two movies, it's it's all on go. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I, having read the books, that's kind of how the book ends. Well, so. and he got to write a second one. Mm-hmm. See how it works for some people. Keep the <laughs> third eye, keep the third eye open. <laughs> See. I do but be yeah. trying to imagine that sometimes. Like, what if you just was like, "Yeah, I wrote a book. It ends with them on a cliff. If you want to see what happens next, you gotta buy my next book." I mean, I thought, you know what? If- <laughs> I could actually, I could see that because in some case, oh wait, there was one other comment I saw right here, and I want to mm. pull that up because I, I forget to mention it otherwise. Um, yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll address that. Um, I think more books. People have gotten very accustomed to stories just having happy endings and <laughs> wrapping wrapping everything up with a nice little bow. And yeah. I think we kind of need to to move back to having a little bit of mystery and a little bit of intrigue. Cause I, I like a good cliffhanger. I just want resolution. That's my issue. That's what I like too. I like when a movie is like, we're leaving a window open for a sequel. Don't leave the door open. Right. Anybody can walk in here, leave a window open and well, make sure it's on the second floor. <laughs> well, in their defense, when they made those movies, they knew Already yeah. before they even started, it started out as a three turn all deal. three books into a movie. No, oh yeah, started. no, I know. I'm just, I just like, like this is one of my, right. this is one of my, my buttons I like to push. This <laughs> I, Batman not donating enough money to help Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> Superman, Superman only being where he is in life because he's lucky he landed on a planet and looked like a white man. You know, because I mean, honestly, what? <laughs> Go and read Red Sun. And even then, you can see, like, still lucky. Yeah. So, because if you go and read anything Icon, it's an entirely different story. Yeah. And even some of uh, what Martian Manhunter went out there and did. 
So it, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a, a choice and a, a reflection of, of the society as it could be. Um, now, how I feel about the new actors in House of Dragons. <sighs> I have to be fair and give them the benefit of the doubt as I've only been able to see the trailer for the next episode. Where And, and you know what? I have to say that I think that's one of the things that really helps the show House of Dragons is as soon as the show goes off, they give you some director commentary, some producer commentary, maybe to explain one or two things that wasn't super clear or to give you insight as to what the director or the writers were thinking. You get some little bit from the cast. They talk those little five minutes at the end of the show, back when walking dead was a great show and everybody was watching it right after that, uh, who was it? Chris Hardwick did that talking dead. Mm -hmm. And it was like a recap of the show you just watched with the actors and the directors and stuff. People would come on. So when they could come on and talk, it was like, maybe there was something you missed or didn't catch. And it gave you that moment right then. I enjoy that. And so you watch the episode, you get the trailer for the next episode and, or, and, or you get the, um, the recap and then you get the trailer all of it's right there together so you're already sitting comfortable watching the episode it goes right into that almost like it cuts the credits to show that and you you get this extra insight so being able to see the trailer each week they give you just enough to know what's what and i don't feel like they've spoiled anything yet um the only thing so far that got spoiled is probably knowing that we're at the time jump for this next episode um it was due. It was inevitable. I knew it was going to happen eventually because that's all I've kind of talked about. They got a lot of time to cover how many seasons is going to be. They're going to have to move the story along. They can't just stay right here at this one point and go week by week. We got to have some time. Um, every time I see new characters portraying characters that I'm already familiar with, it is kind of interesting because to see to see Renera on screen with the daughter of Lord Corliss, which is her cousin, but now see an older version of that girl who we first time we saw her was like a little kid. But Renera is the same actress and she doesn't look like she's aged. That kind of throws me, you know what I'm saying? Because then you, you kind of have a moment where you forget that there is a difference in age and that she would actually have to be a little bit older. Okay, he has been married to the queen now for four or five, you know, like four or five years. Okay, they have two children. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You know, and you, you start to see it that way and it, it kind of makes a difference. So when I see these new actors and actresses, like, dang, I was like, I was really liking Renera. You know what I'm saying? I like her charm. I like that actress as Renera. And I just hope that the new actress comes in and has enough of the same little nuances of character that I can associate that with just that character and not specifically that actress. And if they can they can accomplish that, then I'm sure I like these new people because the, the story has been written very well. 
And even though there's not a lot of fighting in this, the story is written well. And the drama and the political intrigue has been enticing enough to make it a good show. So I'm st I'm still 100% with it. See, it, and the one thing I got from this last episode was remembering how graphic and violent that series can be. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was an ungloved hand that he did that with. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> that was that's a hell of a scene. But what's even funnier about that is like I saw a comment somebody made and they were like, um, I want to say it might have been something, a meme somebody shared in group and it was like, you know, Sir Kristen got with, got with old girl one time and thought she was about to give up the whole kingdom to be with him. And I was like, that's an interesting point because was it just the one time? We really have no context to know if it has if it has only been that one time or if it's been now multiple times. Hmm. And we know that she considered doing it more. She was planning on it. Yeah. Because she likes she likes roast duck over roast goose. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was a very, very fun conversation to have. But I also thought it was interesting because that is now a second time um, there's been adequate representation for the time. And I remember in Game of Thrones, there was someone else who was a potential candidate for something. And we, we come to find out later that he has a, he has a very specific preference as well. And, you know, Three people played the game. Played uh, Lord Corliss's daughter. Because so far, I've only seen one person play Renera. And, and it's probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know I know that the, the girl who, well, the girl who's playing Renera next week is going to be different. And that's why I'm saying as long as she can have some of the same nuances that the current actress who's playing Rhaenyra. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, and that's that's who I was talking about. Um, that's Lord Corliss's daughter. Because initially when he tries to marry her off, she's like a young girl. And it's just like weird and creepy. And you're like, oh, please don't, please don't say yes to that. And, you know, she sounds, she speaks so very well. And, you know, a union between our houses with that, that is like, look, is that what your father told you to say? What'd your mother tell you to say? That I don't have to bed you till I'm 14. You're just like, uh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's off. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Show, show, how, show how nasty and gross these mofos were. Let's start romanticizing this time. Oh, no. They like all the like this castle era. Not like I always think about. It. Have you seen that movie, the Martin Lawrence movie? Uh, yes, uh, Black, uh, Knight? Black Knight. Black Knight. When he goes oh. like to when he's like, "Where's the bathroom?" <laughs> it's like I'm that's sorry, 
<laughs> yeah. The where? And it's just the like who? a hole with just like right. Yeah. No, no, no. When he's like, oh yeah, what's up, girl? Get you. Ooh, ooh. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> More of that. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's been a couple of times they've they've shown a little bit here, a little bit there. You know what I'm saying? You get to see things like, okay, the king, the king gets baths. And nah, stuff show like all of it. Yeah. I'm no. They. Let me tell you something. They dive into that side of it, okay? They're no. like one of the one of the first things that they even talk about, or not first things, but like one of the first things that comes up is there's a conversation that maybe Renera might have slept with her uncle. And when she's questioned about it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I know you Targaryens have your customs, your your queer customs. And it's just like you think about it, and then it's like later on. We know from Game of Thrones, the Lannisters were making sure they had pure bloods because King Baratheon ain't have dark, like he was dark hair. How you popping out all these blonde hair kids? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like all these blonde hair kids is popping out. It, it don't it don't work that way. You know what I'm saying? And then when we finally do see someone who has Baratheon blood, like, you know. He getting freebies at the whorehouse because they they proud of him. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I think the the actors that we've seen in in the different roles so far have done a good job because the girl who played Lord Corliss's daughter this go round, she still remind like she seemed like an older version of the young lady that presented herself to the king. That was a good transition. Um, and I'm hopeful that when we get to see a newer version, an older version of Renera, that that will transition into the same kind of believability where it'll seem like this is an older version of that previous person. Um, the little trailer looked a little spicy, though. I think we go. I think this coming episode, this week's episode, looked like it's gonna be, gonna be lit. Like we're gonna see some stuff, especially with the time jump. We gotta catch up. Gotta see what's been going on, what's been happening. So, I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing what's up with that. But um, see, and I keep cutting it off as soon as the the credits roll, because I don't want to know anything from the next episode. And I, I get mean, that. Like I, just, like I don't. I get that, but I know I'm going to watch the next episode, and I don't know. HBO has always kind of done that, especially with their original series. You know what I'm saying? And they don't address anything that is too cliffhangery, if you will. Um, and I feel like they do a pretty good job with their trailers. You know what I'm saying? They, if okay, for example, when when we saw Damon, mm -hmm. okay, so the episode before Damon went down to attack the shores and attack the crab feed and all that, the episode before that, all they showed was that the next episode would have a battle. They did not show any, they did not show anything from the scene to indicate how it would go down or what the purpose of it would be. You just saw Damon was on the battlefield. But we knew that was going to happen because that was the conversation prior. Mm 
when, you know what I'm saying? Like when he got the little letter, we already knew that the battle was about to ensue. So the way they set the trailer up was like, they let you know that this battle is taking place. They did not give any indication as to who lives, who dies, who won. You know, they did not show Damon in the next trailer outside of showing that he was on the battlefield. Um, when you see something like that and there's a real possibility that something could happen, you don't want to ruin it by showing that that person is alive in the next episode in the mm. trailer. So stuff like that, I think they do a pretty good job of avoiding. Thought I saw another person with a comment. I want to make sure I miss one. Yeah. Oh no, okay, Mark switched locations. Okay, you hitting us up through YouTube as well. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Love the love on all locations. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm that will be this week's this week's watching. I will catch Game of Thrones, I will suffer through the next episode of Ring of Power. Um, because it does still look pretty. It, Man, it turn on the turn on the uh, turn on one of them YouTube videos where they just had drones flying over Scotland, and that way you don't have to you don't have to <laughs> save myself to bad dialogue. Save myself the trouble. Actually, you know what? I am I am due. I'm gonna watch Edge Runners. I think that's just a, a movie, though, right? So no, uh, ten episodes. Oh, a series. Okay. How long but are the it's episodes? Only ten episodes. How long it's is out now? Make I mean, I can, well, if it's I as good know. as what's that movie, Arcane, the show, what was it? Yeah, Arcane. That'll be a day. If it's as good as that, day watch. I'm on it. Because that thing, that thing was crazy. No, I'm, I'm logged into Netflix. I just pulled it up. My list. Yeah, right oh, I got it right here in my hand. Mm-hmm. Got it on screen. I can, I'll pull it up on the screen. How about that? No. <laughs> uh, 24 minutes. Okay, ten no, episodes. None of, them are no, none of them are longer than thirty minutes. Yeah, so, I'll watch that. I'll knock that out in a day of work. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I could, I could do that in a day. And it's probably going to be like half of it's going to be commercials and intro. They're not commercials, but uh, credits and intro. And if anybody is interested in a weird cartoon to watch, <laughs> season two of Dogs in Space on Netflix. It's a uh, it's one of them like I feel like it's it's like one of them shows where it's like if you don't watch weird cartoons, it doesn't come up in your algorithm at all. But it's a it's a show about. The, it's like a dystopian future where Earth is uninhabitable, so they have to send. <laughs> they they have some program where basically they make dogs like smart and anthropomorphic, so they just like walk around like people now, and they send the dogs into space to find a new planet, and it <laughs> it centers around one of the ships. This corgi name his name's Garbage. So it's just like when everybody's talking to him, they, I mean, he's Gar for short, but everybody's always like, garbage, no. Like, 
It's pretty funny. It's kind of like Harley Quinn, but dogs running Star Trek. So <laughs> if you want something that's just like not, you don't have to like dive into it. There's no lore. There's no books. You don't have to learn Elven or Klingon or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can just throw Pick it on and, and watch it. And it's, it's dumb and it's fun. And yeah. So throwing that out there. Okay, so I will check out Dogs in Space. Yeah. Add that to the queue. And uh, like I said, we're on season two, and these are roughly 20-minute episodes. Okay, so 10 episodes in the first season. Yeah, both seasons have 10 episodes in them. Sweet. Okay, that's that That could be on the watch list. Um, I don't think... You know what? I got the wife watched... Uh, two of the three psych movies today she had remembered so in an interesting interesting thing we've we just finished uh brooklyn 99 just finished up season eight and that was the last season now that show stuck the landing yeah in my opinion we 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 finished the entire series and wife was saying like now we got to find something else to watch we got to find a new show and it recommended because we and oddly enough we had to watch it on peacock and it automatically recommended and went right into playing after the last episode nine nine went off it went automatically into parks and rec so i was like okay we'll do the first episode of parks and rec see how you you know see what you think about it and we got through the first episode and then she was like what were the other shows you said? Because I was telling, I was like, you know, we can do one episode each and we'll see which one you like. So we'll do Parks and Recs, one episode of Community. Well, have you guys watched Parks and Rec before? I have watched a lot of episodes of Parks and Rec. Okay. I've watched seasons of Parks and Recs. I was going because, be... like, the first, the first season is, like, notoriously bad because they were trying to make it, like, just like The Office, and then they right. changed and everything. I, and I and I and I even told her that part. I was like, you know, this one it starts off like they're kind of doing that pseudo documentary bit, but it goes to just like being a show later. So don't don't worry. Um, which one is which one is that? What the hell is which one? Dogs in space or? <laughs> <laughs> but um. No, so we 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 finished Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it automatically started playing. So we watched first episode of um, Parks and Rec, where she gets the committee. That's you know that's a big thing, subcommittee. And then the wife was saying, "What were the other two shows?" And I was like, "Well, the other one was going to be The Office and Community. Community doesn't have as many seasons, but The Office has got plenty of seasons. So you just let me know which one, and you know that could be our our new show that we watch." And as we're scrolling through, we're on Peacock, and of course she saw Psych, and she was like, "How many? How many seasons does Psych have?" I was like, "Oh, Psych has like seven, eight seasons." And she's like, "And wasn't there like a musical or something?" And I was like, "Yeah, they had they had a, a special episode which was called Psych the Musical. They've also had Psych the Movie. There's the movie two, Lassie Come Home, and then there's the movie three. I haven't seen the movie three yet." But I've seen the movie too, and I've seen the first movie. And she's like, "Well, let's put that on." So we got to spend the day together. We got to hang out. We watched some some shows, and I was arguing with her because I was like, "You know what? 
I'm not, if you're not going to watch the third movie, I've already seen the first two. I don't want to sit through the first two again if we can't get to the third. And so we can start at the second one and watch two and three. And I think she might be going for Psych. I think she, like, since it has enough episodes, that can be our, like, the days when we both get home at a decent hour, we sit down, we have dinner, we sit and we watch the show together. And so that's what 9-9 was. So it was like, now that it's over, it's kind of sad. I'm not going to start back over, but need another show. But we yeah. need something with, like, tons of episodes. So We were watching Family Matters for a while. And then my wife and kids and like we're so what I do is I like as we're like as the show is like winding down, like when I get to like the last season, I start phasing another show in. Yeah. So we're we're winding down my wife and kids and I've started phasing in Sanford and Son. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Going old school, nothing you, wrong with that. You, my you wife has some- go ahead. You go get some thick skin on them kids. Oh yeah, my my son is <laughs> big daddy. <dummy. laughs> and it's like I watch it now. I'm like, man, this is what I grew up on. It's one of those shows where, like, for my wife, she understands me more now because she's like, yeah, all the men you grew up around act like Fred Sanford. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was funny. We we actually had a conversation today about uh, like trying to find one of the old shows to revisit, and um, shortly thereafter, it just happened that we came across a clip of a different world because in the movie, Kadeem Hardison is one of the actors. We were like trying to figure out who all these people were in right. in the in the Psych movie. So Kadeem Hardison's in the second one. Um, the late the Jasmine guy. No, not Jasmine guy. The female lead from uh, Scrubs. The white one? Yes. I don't she, know her name. She's in... The white girl from Scrubs. Right. She's in <laughs> this one. She's in the movie as well. She plays the character Dolores. And my wife and I are sitting there looking for the longest. We like could not figure out who that was. Then it hit her that that was the older sister from... Um, because my wife was like, she's somebody, she's a childhood actress, I remember, but she was in Roseanne. And yeah, she was like one of the Beckys. Right. She was the the reboot Becky. Um, And then, of course, I'm like, wait, no, that's the girl from Scrubs. And my wife was like, oh my God, that is the girl from Scrubs. But she remembered her from Roseanne. I remember from Scrubs. It was just like, so funny, because my wife loved, like, she grew up watching Roseanne and stuff. And of course, I would like, I don't think I watched Roseanne when I was younger, but I was saying, you know, it's kind of weird because one of the shows that I would have grown up watching that I thought would be great would be the Cosby show, but I don't know if we can find the Cosby show now. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Yeah. They go on like YouTube yeah. and it's like 1.5 speed. I will say, first of all, I watched the documentary. I'm just like, He's a, he sounds like behind closed doors, he's a pretty horrible person. I'm yeah. not going to deny that. And I understand why companies make the decisions that they make regarding certain things, not wanting to put certain things that he made out and 
available for public consumption, which is, you know, respectful and smart and all that. But also I understand people who are, who say like, you know, <coughs> this is something that like, I, I understand people who find a way some, in some ways to separate art and life as long as the two are not interchanged. So there's like a singer who will not be named where I just don't do none of that no more. And for right. me, it's because the art was inspired by the heinous activity. Like the music is about children and knowing that is something that you cannot unknow. So no matter how good the song is to me in my brain, all I hear is, yeah, but he's singing to like a 14 or 15 year old girl. Right. there, Whether I am or not. So I can't do it with him. But I feel like even though like I was like off Cosby period when he went, especially when he went through his like, pull up your pants, you're out doing crack, like mama's on crack rock, don't speak good English, book tour phase that, whatever that was that he went through like when I was a teenager. But I could still like judge the quality of the show. And I'll say this, one, original Cosby show, great show. Heathcliff Huxtable, terrible father. They had all that money. Uh, let, let's go through all the children real quick. <laughs> Sonia. Yeah. Seems like she has it all together. Princeton graduates. Marries a chauvinist who convinces her to not go to law school, but to open a sporting goods store with her in the middle of New York City. Hmm. Then has twins and then decides to go back to law school and the husband decides to go to medical school after the twins are born. Where's the, where, like who, when do you sit your child down even as an adult and just be like, my boy, my, my, my boy, you're doing a lot. Not the brightest. And, and this dude, and this dude that you brought home, not it, <laughs> like you can do better. All yeah. right. Who's next? Denise. I mean, just watch season one of a different world. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then every episode every season, every episode of the Cosby show, after she moves back, after marrying some dude in Africa who she never told her parents about, just show up with a husband who has a daughter also. Right. So and then you bring them back home to live in your brownstone, your parents' brownstone in Brooklyn. Cool. Who's next? Theo. He's the only one got a little bit of a bad rap, but Theo Huxable was dyslexic. Theo Huxable didn't find out he was dyslexic until he was a sophomore or a junior in college. This entire show, there have been jokes about how dumb Theo is, how Theo just can't get right in school. All the while, you had a learning disability. He had a father who was a doctor. You would have thought at some point. <laughs> he, thought, let's run a test. Let's run a test. Well, but at the same time, he wasn't that kind of doctor. Like, yeah, but like you talk in the cafeteria, somebody you got to know somebody like. Yeah. And 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 from from the little experience that I have known in dealing with 
a few people who I know who have dyslexia, like it seems like from what they told me, it was pretty obvious that there was something like major going on. And this is like, in the, I guess it's in the time period where the dyslexia, like the 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 standing in the cultural zeitgeist was like higher because it was like every show had a episode where a new kid moved to town and came to school, but he's dyslexic. So he just has trouble. Like it's the reason why we know what it is versus yeah. a bunch of other stuff because it was pushed in media for us to be able to like understand it. To discuss it, to make it yeah. not necessarily normal, but so that like if a kid sees it in themselves, they can be like, yo, like. I might, this might be like what's going on. I'm Vanessa, just like Theo. Vanessa, getting drunk, going to Baltimore to have big fun, all because they used to force her to hang out with Rudy, who's like six years younger than her. Rudy, bad as hell, getting everybody in trouble, tattletale, snitch. But she also bad as hell herself. Did any of those kids actually ever move out? Like the last, last, last episode, Theo graduates from college? I mean, Vanessa moved out, I guess. And then she brought home some weird, random, older dude from college. He's like a janitor at the school. Like, what's going on? All right. So that's why I don't really miss that Cosby show that much. Because now I just watch right. through the lens of, like, all these kids are, like, terrible. The only person on the show that got sense is Claire and Bud, because he know when to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and, a little white, and a little white boy who used to run out. But then there was the other Cosby show from like CBS that came out after that when he was like older. And he's basically just like this curmudgeonly old man who gets like laid off from his job at the airline. He's still married to he's married to Felicia Rashad. They live in like this little it's not the opulence of the original. That one was that one's the one that was just called Cosby. Right? Yeah. Madeline Kahn. Gotta admit, show's funny. Very it's like Sanford and Son in New York with no junkyard and a wife <laughs> instead of Lamont. I mean, well, they even got kind of a Lamont character. Dougie Doug plays his like neighbor slash tenant named Griffin, and he's like this real neurotic, weird black character who's also in love with Cosby's daughter, played by the lady who played Raven's Simone Mama on Nessa Raven. And she was on In Living Color. I think her name was like Takia something i'm sure she doesn't want her name thrown into a conversation about cosby right now anyway <laughs> you talk about the, the the actress yeah that was the same actress from um in living color yeah yeah i know who you're talking about but i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna correct you and say today i know who you're yeah. talking about though it's the key of something that's like one of those instances like please forget my name <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, it's a lot of good stuff out there. Old, like I've been going in watching some old stuff. I actually watched the new Quantum Leap, and you I know, enjoyed it. What What is that on? It's on Peacock, but it comes on NBC weekly. It's not. It's not Sam Beckett. So for you, it's not. This is this is what I this is what I'll say about this. Show. It's a it's a continuation of the original show. Okay. So it's a team in the future building off of like 
whatever program that was that was originally done. So there's they talk about it. It exists. It's not this thing of like we're pretending old quantum leap doesn't exist. New quantum like new quantum leap is a continuation of old quantum leap. Okay. But um, what I like about this one is you actually see the people on the other side of the hologram. So like in the original quantum leap, it's just basically all you see is Sam and then his homeboy comes in in the hologram and leaves. But you're just there with Sam and whatever Sam's world is the entire time. And this one, it's like you see the team of people who are now working like in the lab and trying to figure out the coding and the math and all that stuff to bring him back with each leap as well. So, well, I think in the original, there was no team, right? Sam was Sam Beckett was the guy. Mm-hmm. Ziggy was the. He was basically AI. just like, yeah, he was basically just like leaping and hoping, hoping yeah. with each leap. And I think this, this time they're the basically that takes them back home. What, yeah. what, what, and so what they're doing with this one is they're like, all right, like we got to find a way to like control this so that when people leap, we can bring them back because we like the fact that people can leap. We just don't like that people leap and get lost. So you walk in and the team is like, has been working on this already. And then episode one, you know, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but episode one is, is, is a, is a fairly traditional quantum leap episode. He jumps into the person. He doesn't know what's happening, but he also doesn't know who he is. So he's not. So that's like another parameter that they threw in with like something happened with the code and it wiped his memory. So like, the lady who's his hologram now is actually like his fiance, but he doesn't remember because the leap wiped his memory. So they're like getting to know each other again. And it's like a whole bunch of other stuff where it's just like he wasn't supposed to leap. It was supposed to be somebody else and this, that, and the third and blah, blah, blah. Whoop-de-whoop. But I think the way that they've handled, they handled the leap. I like the guy. I like the chemistry between the different act, act, uh, actors. Ernie Hudson, big up, you know, always good to see a Ghostbuster on the screen when he's the black one because people try to act like he wasn't there. He was there, okay? He fought Gozer. He was in the sewer in that pink slime. Mm-hmm. It's funny to actually go back and hear about the the story behind his character. Yeah. And basically how they just like... Well, it was originally for Eddie Murphy. And when right. Eddie Murphy couldn't do it, they like... <laughs> cut like basically the entire backstory of the character and a whole yeah. bunch of lines as he while he was also, like in the trailer. As he would have like also have been a scientist and right on par and the whole nine. And it's funny because I think it would have in my and this is just me, take it how you will, I actually would have made that would have been more believable coming from Ernie Hudson than it would have been coming from Eddie Murphy. Because I, at that time Eddie Murphy was like comedy, and I, I personally just would not have been able to maybe see him in the same context of being yeah, this scientist, smart guy. Because I would have been thinking like Saturday Night Live. I would have been thinking Gumby. I would have been thinking Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I would have been thinking Beverly Hills Cop, and I would have wanted to laugh, and I would have wanted to see him as comic relief. I mean, I don't know. He probably would not have been as, uh, I guess, surly, for lack of a better word, as Ernie Hudson's character comes across. But, I mean, he could have basically just been like, I mean, 
I don't see Bill Bill uh Murray. I don't see Bill Murray as a scientist type. Like I don't even get I don't get Vinkman. I'll be honest about it. I I love this. I love Ghostbusters, but like I don't get I don't get that character and the like way he moves through life. It's just like he is just maybe it's just like the kind of person where it's like that kind of person's like not my cup of tea and I generally like stay away from them. But <laughs> yeah, I just so like for me when I watch the movie, it's like I'm always much more like Egon was my favorite because he was yeah. the one who like really got it. I think um Spangler was like interesting because he was I felt like he was kind of like the bridge, but I just felt always felt like Vinkman just like lived on this like other world where he was just like he comes across as a as a god coming down from Mount Olympus to walk among the like <laughs> regular people for a day or two and then it's just like dude I mean, you're just, honestly, just like a weird scientist <laughs> that is like, why, your, why is your, like why is your chest so puffed out you do like oh you are literally a weird scientist <laughs> yeah i mean i kind of i kind of get those vibes out of just about every character bill Burry plays yeah i wasn't gonna go there but you know, you know but I mean, like honestly, I think it. I think an accurate an accurate portrayal of of Bill Murray is his character from Scrooge, and that's perhaps the most accurate. Uh, to really see some of the comedy chops that everybody talks about with Bill Murray, I go back to something like Caddyshack. Go oh, ahead. you know what I'm saying? Like you you got to kind of go back, for lack of a better phrase, where he was funny. You know what I'm saying? And then when you see some of the other stuff, it, it's see, kind that's, of... That's another one, though, where I'd be like... It's not until you get around to something like a Groundhog's Day, which, just the way it was written, could have possibly been funny with anyone in that role. I don't feel like it is funnier because it's Bill Murray. I don't feel right. like it's any less funny because it's Bill Murray. You know what I'm saying? I think, like... It is the the right mix, but if you and I give you like that could have been that could have been Billy Crystal, that yeah, could have been easily. Who else? some other weird? Do you remember the? Well, Billy Crystal, I think it would have been hilarious just because it would have been Billy Crystal, but <laughs> we would have got like it could have been a Rick Moranis, and it could have been any Rick Moranis. That's a good one. See, and I think that one that would have even been a little bit more believable. And for him to get the girl at the end, come on, that would have been awesome. But like, uh, do you remember the movie Michael with yes, uh, John Travolta? Uh, John Travolta, yes. So the lead in that, I think, I think that was Andy McDowell that was in that, right? Mm-hmm. Same female that was in um, Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Day. I'll be careful as I say this, but like that's who you is. You have the same day over and over, and it's you know that's that could be nah. You gotta okay. You gotta look at it for the time though, and, and like because if you because if you look because if you look I at do. it because no but but you, not not just like look at her for the time because like yeah there's like hot women but in that time rom coms were not about hot women. No, it was the one. The women, 
like basically like you talk about the algorithm basically there was somebody in the room that's like nobody's gonna go see a rom-com where the woman looks better than the women who are going to see the movie so even though like yeah helen hunt is an attractive woman andy mcdowell is an attractive woman meg ryan is an attractive woman they're not supermodels but they're attractive enough for me to watch like billy crystal pull and me be like okay that's not crazy yeah, because then you watch because you watch some of the newer ones where okay, let's say what's the name? What's the one? She's out of she's out of my league or whatever. It's like yeah, dog, she is. There's no movie here. <laughs> like there's no movie here. Yeah. Like you could have made this a much more realistic movie where like like it could have been like the ratio between like me and my wife. Like my wife better looking than me, <laughs> but she not like so fine where people like damn for real you. <laughs> Like, what's his name? Homeboy who played Jim from The Office said that happened to him when he came to England. He said he was at the passport thing. He was like, oh, what are you in town for? He's like, oh, I'm here to visit my wife. She's an actress. He said, oh, yeah. What did you... He's like, who is she? He's like, would I know her? He's like, yeah, Emily Blunt. He said the dude looked up and was like, you? <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you know. yeah. So and for I mean, the time, Andy McDowell, she's a bankable... That's a bankable rom-com star. The women are going to go see her. Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock pushed it, pushed it up a little bit because, like, in um, while you were sleeping, the beginning of uh, Miss Congeniality, they try to like, yeah, bring it down a little bit. Then she, when she, when she came out of that air, airplane hangar in Miss Congeniality, that was it. It was like Sandra Bullock, you not, you not know every woman. <laughs> yeah, like we not believing this no more. We're not, we not going to fall for this. And that, but I mean, that's also where they moved her into kind of moved her the way they did with some of the rom-coms they started doing for her. You know what I'm saying? The proposal. You know what I'm saying? Where she is the lead character of it and now it's like she's the one that's got to find love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and using her to do kind of the reverse role because they did a Hell, this was just a horrible movie. We actually talk about this on why all about Steve. All about Steve. You know what I'm saying? We're Bradley Cooper. And here you have this super intelligent woman, you know what I'm saying? And they and they make her very quirky, you know what I'm saying? And they do the same thing with um, the chick from Friends. Uh Courtney Rachel. Cox. No, oh, yeah. um Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Where they make her this unbelievable type character in all the movies she's in, which is always so interesting to me because like in horrible bosses, she's like this sex crazed maniac. Who's just going to like rip Charlie day apart. And again, for comedic value. Yeah. That's funny. Cause come on. But you know, I get Adam Sandler doing what he does. And it's like, Hey, if I'm writing and directing this movie, I want to pick. I want to pick her. Hell yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's it's just it's one of those things where it's just like I don't know when I when I see a Bill Murray character, even as the lead in something like Groundhog's Day, I'm still looking at Andy McDowell like, how does that pair even work? 
You know what I'm saying? And I mean, there's something to be said I'll, for on-screen chemistry, and they and I give it to them. You know what I'm saying? But see, that's my thing. That's that's my thing. I feel like okay. I feel like people see like him and, or I would say even like his relationship with like Sigourney Weaver in the first two Ghostbusters movies, right? I'm looking at Sigourney like, yo, you can do better than this. Like, you fine. You live in New York City. You got a good job. You live by yourself. Yeah. Like, you don't have to put up with like this. Like, okay, you got ghosts. So he was he was lucky. He was the right man at the right time. He got lucky in that respect. We well, ain't got to keep him around. When the Orkin man come, he kills some roaches. And he go home. <laughs> That's exactly how that happens. Oh man! Same thing. Bust them ghosts. Get it on up out of here, buddy. You don't have nothing I want. Because I'm still trying to figure out who baby is that. And Ghostbusters too, because he don't be talking about that baby like it's his baby. So it leads me to believe it's not his baby. But where did this baby come from? Come from between Ghostbusters? If, if one I'm and if I'm not mistaken, and I will I will question Alex about it because he will be able to provide that answer. I think there is a hiatus, some time away from Ghostbusters one to Ghostbusters two, especially since they like fell off and they weren't. Busted yeah, by nine by nine months. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, at a minimum, but even then, it's it's like they reconnected because of the ghost, not because that's his kid. Like, where are the, where are her friends? Like, girl, this again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but have you watched the episodes of Sex in the City? Apparently, she wasn't listening. Just like it'll be different this time. No, it won't. No, it definitely won't. It'll be um, diff- it'll be different this time because you'll be expecting it to go right this time, despite everything else, and it's still gonna go wrong. So now you're just gonna look dumb this time. Before you was hurt. <laughs> now you're gonna be hurt and dumb. Look dumb. <laughs> I gotta remember. You know what? That's that's valid. The first time you didn't know better. Okay, cool. Second time you knew better and you still chose. That's kind of on you. Third time, what did you try to prove here? <laughs> but by the third time, you know it's just it's just insanity. So it's it's different. What I did not understand, and this is this is just side note, the character's name in Cosby wasn't Cosby anymore. It he wasn't. wasn't he it wasn't, wasn't Cosby, and it wasn't Cosby. No, no, no. I, I know that, but I mean, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't Huxtable. It was Hilton Lucas. He wasn't, yeah, it's like thinking about it. He wasn't, he wasn't Huxley. Because I remember when that show came out and I was thinking like, oh yeah, this is a new cut. But then it was like. But they were completely different. It's he's a different, completely different character. Right, right. But I mean, just like. And it would have been less confusing if he didn't have the same TV wife on this show as he did on the first show. True. That's what really confused everybody. Because everybody was like, Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad back together. They play right. Heath Cliff and it's like, nah. Dude, right. this this Hill and Lucas, like who? Who? Play oh, Heathcliff. No no. Where's Theo? There's no Theo on this show. Vanessa? Right. Denise? Rudy? Didn't they all cameo them? I don't know. I didn't I didn't watch it when it was like on. Mm. 
it was like a small period of time, like one year when I was home for college and it was like in syndication. And I used to just watch it in the morning when I was like at my grandmother's house. Other than that, that's the only time I like ever seen it before. There was like a really, I remember it specifically though. There was like an episode where they were like, they were telling the story of how they met. And there's actually some pretty good, that's one of those comedy, comedy episode tropes that like when we were talking about it before, I feel like that's one that never gets talked about. The like two people telling the story of like how they met or what happened, but they telling like two different versions of it. Uh, Sam, you probably remember the Martin episode. Yeah. How Gina and, and Martin met and he had like the saxophone. <laughs> right. Like he thought it was uh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but they do this really cool like animation. It's how they met like at this basement party or whatever. And they both had this thing where it was like, I had this trick where the parties, they used to have a blue light and a red light. But there were some people that would look good only under the blue light and some people only look good under the red light. So I would always make sure at every party before I dance with somebody, I had to see you under the blue light and the red light. And they, But this is like them doing a voiceover and it's like this really cool like jazz music playing in the background. It's like, damn, man, why you got to be a rapist? Like this, the kind of stuff like people need to see. Like even if you have you watched the um, the documentary, the W. Kamau Bell one, it's I, on YouTube for free. I have not. I I was kind of on the fence with it. And I'll say this. This is what this is what this is what I'll say about it. It's gonna be a documentary I weekend. I think that it's incredibly fair. Okay. It does not just come in like he was a monster. He did this, boo, 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 boo. It's kind of this thing where he it sets up like, yeah, Bill Cosby did a lot of great things. And here's how it went chronologically. But all the while this was happening, he was doing these great things. They talk about how he's the one who got like black stunt people in Hollywood because before that they were just like paint white people black and have you do the stunt. He's the first one that like was like, I need a black like stunt person to do my stuff so it looks realistic. All the stuff that he did, picture pages, Fat Albert, stuff he was doing about education with kids. They found like this really like old school, like militant one where they're like, <laughs> it was like, um, he's like, yeah, you don't learn about this in books and blah, blah, blah. But then it's just like, yeah, but while he was doing that and then they just like insert like the different stories from different women and how he used like like Cosby show. I can't really watch that now because they talk about how he used like that set and they would just like bring models through there and all kinds of weird shit happening on the set. And yeah, it was just like. I don't feel like it. I feel like a lot of people went into it just like they're trying to tear down his legacy. It's like if anything like this documentary tells you everything that he did. It's just like it just doesn't sweep the bad stuff under the rug. And the bad stuff was really, really, really bad. And you just got to figure out as an adult how you want to deal with that. Like Rudy singing Ray Charles is not worth like. <laughs> turning your back on 50% of the population and when somebody like violates yeah. someone's personal like rights. So I would say like, it's not something that I don't think is required watching, but I do think anybody who's just like, Oh, see what the big deal is. 
you should watch it. You'll probably learn more positive things about Bill Cosby in the documentary that you did not know about him. At the very least, you may have a reason to have an opinion and not just automatically go one side or the other and be like, oh, well, he's bad and everything about him is bad and we should cancel everything that he ever touched. Yeah, You can see some of the good and see why there are people who are in conflict over it because they know this part and they know that part and they see the good and you want to keep that good but separate the bad and sometimes you get that you can't do that Um, and i think like the fact that like w kamal bell came at it from the stance of like i'm a comedian who grew up on bill cosby who loved bill cosby and i just wanted to know the truth about like all these things that people are saying so i'm going to go and look into it myself i think that is what keeps it from feeling like when it's like an investigative journalist and they're like, you know, it's like all hard hitting and heavy the entire time. It's just like, I don't know. I think it was, I think I thought it was just like really, really well done. And I don't think it's going to change anybody's like mind or heart in the long run. But I do think just like the information is there. So you can't pretend like you don't know. You know what I mean? <sighs> we're going we're gonna have to close with that part right there so that's it that's a good weekend watch it got a little heavy towards the end but it's cool because it's important and it's you know these are the conversations that have to be had and maybe after we watch the documentary um be something we come back and talk about so this weekend is going to be the milestone documentary and the cosby documentary um and the sydney portier documentary hey, wait a minute wait a minute now i got all these new shows hold on <laughs> You said you ain't had nothing to watch? No, I said I needed something new. I ain't say I have nothing. I said I needed something new. Um, we'll get those added on. I do want to add one other thing. I just want to include one little one little clip here because he had all of his stuff showing today. And I want to um, hype him up. Nope, nope, click it there. Boom. Go there. Full screen. And bye, y'all. <laughs> I saw the red hat in the background hanging up, and you've got the uh, the mask there also. Mm-hmm. So you have a whole whole little setup there, sir. I uh, Tandy Leather is doing a Halloween costume contest. Okay, and this was my entry. Uh, I don't know that likes will help it all because I know it's the employees that are picking but I figure more likes can't hurt so is the the heading leather together yes so it's the hashtag leather together and I figured I'd, I'd at least show y'all and anybody wants to go look for it and drop a like or a comment or whatever. Because <laughs> I'm proud of it because everything that's leather in that picture, I made. So, back to that. Like realistically, everything that's on here you made. That is let's, true. Let's talk about that for a hot second. <laughs> you made all of this stuff. Yes. So yes, I did. This vest here is the one in the image, right? Yes. 
Okay. And I have mine at work. Thank you. I do have mine at work. It's in my, I do keep it in my van. So whenever I get my Red Bulls out the ice, protect my hand from the Red Bull. Mine has gag logo on it. Love it. Which I need a picture of that because I forgot to take a picture. I will get you a picture tomorrow. That's what I made for my boss. He he drives mud trucks and that's his logo. Rockstar Mudders, okay. Another one of these overly complicated bags you be making. They hella dope though, don't get me wrong. But uh, so that's a bag you made, the bracers, mm -hmm. the gloves, the mask, and the hat. That's the red hat in the background on your screen, right? That is this oh, hat. it's that hat. Okay. Yeah, this one won't hang on the wall. Too heavy, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I wish it would. Cause that's the one I with like the, the top of it. That's the one with the curled brim on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like the top of it. But, you know, I think the Plague Doctor mask might have been a bit too on the nose for a costume contest. <laughs> That hat. Right. Pull this up and let people see. The intricateness detail. All that hand stitching. Very impressive. Very impressive, sir. And I don't think I have a picture of that specific bag. But if you scroll down. It's that bag, just different colors. Again, as you can see, so elegant. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually got really good at making those bags. Because I made like four of them in a month. Huh? I only have one of them still. So I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a very good thing. Because you, uh, you can move them along. Right, all right, all right. A wallet. Oh. That looks like one of the wallets that needs a chain on it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I do not have that one over here. Yeah, it's not a small wallet. Not at all. All righty. Well, you know what? While I'm here on Instagram, what was the other one? Um, I could probably just go to your page. Have you shared it yet? What? What was the uh, fellow on Instagram? I'll drop it in. See, I could just... Highlight yours. We were just talking about Valkyrie. Look at Valkyrie. Check my girl out. <laughs> so you recognize too, like Tess Thompson arms big shit in that movie, and I was loving yeah. every second of it. All right, but unfortunately, I gotta go. We right behind you, man. Yeah. And uh it was a pleasure. I enjoyed as always. And Got my mind off some other stuff, so I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. All right, man. Peace.
So that was South Down Leatherworks. Uh, I want to thank everybody. You know, we had a special guest tonight. That was pretty dope. I like having somebody. And I think my guy was from Canada. So I'm going to have to find him, hit him up, and uh, we'll bring him on. Because well, I actually sound like you know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's always a plus. Always be a little concerned. People get on here, they're just like, oh, God, please don't sound stupid. But came in with some knowledge yeah you don't want to be like uh yeah yeah that that's cool yeah okay <laughs> it's like when people don't know what they're talking about right but no he was he was ready with questions and the whole night. where would i have seen this dude before he looks very familiar astronomy club mm. okay and probably other stuff too. I mean, he's been in a few other things, but yeah, Astronomy Club is probably the thing you would have seen him in. Why is this on all that? Was he, was he on all that? He was a writer for the reboot, and he's probably like in a couple episodes or sketches. Okay, okay. Cool. Have to check him out. So we gonna we gonna give him that follow, and I need to know what he is working on, so I can keep up. TV comics writer Bob Phantom at Archie Comics at Human Resources Netflix at all that at all astronomy astronomy comedy club. <clears throat> oh. It's that one, Rule of Three Comics. Yeah, that's the label, the comic-like label that everything's going to be under. Here's an upcoming, here's a panel from the upcoming comic adaptation of my script, Junior, a darkish comedy that imagines a world where my dad and I meet in the afterlife. Here we are geeking out over Star Trek until we realize we each know a different opening narration funny enough that's not the one i'm drawing what okay <laughs> damn i thought i had something i was like look at that but i was also no. kind of looking at these characters and i'm like that don't look like no nah, the name of the one i'm doing is called black power yeah that sounds right <laughs> that sounds on brand there we go yeah if you actually if you go to james's stories he like posted like some kind of like little just teasers for each of the comics. The one for mine like is a little bit darker, so you can't really see a whole lot going on in it. But yeah. Well, since he posted, then we're we would be clear, correct? Yeah. Right there, I see it. And that appears to be, I see some, uh, some glowing hands. <laughs> okay, okay. 
You know, it's I feel like it's one of those things where it's coming together. It's a it's a labor of love. It's a lot of work, but yeah, I'm I'm happy with how things are turning out and can't wait for everyone to see it. I can't wait to do a whole feature and get to interview you. Talk all about it. Let's see. Very special episode. Oh, there we go. Boom. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's bring it back. Bam. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What's up, Danger Playing? Okay. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Because I be wondering sometimes when we be on the show, you be you be head down, you be grinding, grinding away. Till you hear something, when you hear something, your head look up. I be like, oh shit, y'all did it. <laughs> nah, man. I you know I I definitely just like you know, it's like I'm here, I'm working. I'm it's better just to be like chatting and involved in the conversation than watching Cleveland show. <laughs> right. So, I'm also just one of those people too, where it's like, when I, when I like talk, I'm, I'm not like a look you in the eye while I'm talking to you person. I know that drives some people crazy and I don't mean anything by it, but it's literally just like, if I'm looking you in your eye while you're talking to me, I'm not, I'm literally not listening. Because I'm thinking about whatever it is I'm seeing on your face in the moment. Right. No, I, I get that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I, I will, I don't know, I have to like kind of drift from my, my thoughts. And you'll see me like scan the room or something because I'm looking for the words or I want to make sure that what I'm saying is exactly what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest thing. So there's usually like a, a two second delay or gap. And uh, it's 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 weird for people because they think I might be done talking or I'm not prepared to speak. And it's like, no, I've already had this conversation three times in the span of two seconds. I'm just trying to pick which of those sentences I wanted to use. Yep, I guess to be weird, but I'm rambling. Because I've gotten tired, so I have to have a stopping point. And this seems like a good one. So uh, we're going to end here. I want to thank all the guests that that hopped in. I want to thank our people who had conversation with us. We still managed to pull three hours out, and that makes for a hell of a show. Um, Covered a lot, talked about a lot, and now I have some new things to watch. And I'm going to see what's going on with Gar and these dogs in space. That will probably be the first new edition this week. I will knock out the documentary. Is there like a one-time <laughs> sit-down watch? Um, and yeah, that's going to do it. So, all right, look for us next week. We are Grown A Geeks. This is Way in Wednesday. But for now, we are out of here. Peace.